Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It's Friday, November 6th, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 357. I'm your very tired, haggard host, Austin Walker, joined by, similarly, I think, between election week and new console rollout week, a team of people who have been working very hard and being very stressed. Rob Zachney. You know, um, I can't say whether it was the election or trying to write my fucking Xbox review at, like, one in the morning last night that did more damage to me. Possibly both. <laughs> uh, but I was psychically drained uh, by needing to put those good vi- vibes out to the mail-in ballots. Well, don't worry. We're going to talk about both of those things today, and and we'll get it all out there. Gita Jackson also here. Hello. I'm I'm also here. <laughs> Welcome. That's how are you feeling? That's how I feel. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you wake up. Every day since the election evening, I've just been like, do we know who the president is going to be yet? No? Okay. Just going to keep checking out until then. Uh, yeah. As soon as we know, I will stop thinking about Beyond Light for like five minutes. But <laughs> until then, it's Beyond Light only. <laughs> God. Uh, also, Patrick Klepek. I'm here to report I enjoyed the first 20 minutes of Clyde Barker's Lord of Illusions, which is what I turned mm. to mm. once it became clear that I didn't need to watch the election anymore. Nothing was going to change. And it was like, I'm going to turn my gaze elsewhere to this violent film and fall asleep in the first 15 minutes of it. it was Lord of illusions. Did you like to hear about the real? Illusions or illusions? Uh, Lord of illusions. Al- if it was illusions, Tricks. that would be extremely funny. <laughs> your Chicago, your Illinois accent is not making it any easier for me to no. understand what vowel you are saying. No. <laughs> and I don't think I even have a particularly strong one. I mean, I, no, you there. really don't. <laughs> like, but yeah. I still. Faint. I get, yeah, it's called. It's 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 you know your distance from the city of Chicago yeah, influences yeah, yeah. that to happen, <laughs> in which the northwest <laughs> suburbs are a, a solid. Well, you know, if there's no traffic, you could do it in 35. But like, you're usually yeah. looking at like a 50 minute drive to get yeah, into the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the occasional I a mix up, and I'm just like, ah, uh, yes, he's from a different part of the country than I am. <laughs> what, Rob? I'm not what did making you, it you home to something? Chicago this year. Um, mm, and the Hogan Johns, uh, Hogan Johns podcast uh, over at the Athletic, the two Bears beat reporters, like their accents almost bring me to tears. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> like with homesickness, just like these two, just whining, honking Chicago accents, just like you know. I hear that accent complaining about the bears and like I am just overcome with nostalgia and I I badly miss home. Whining honking is like a little bit like an angry goose, you know, but in an endearing way. I miss Chicago a lot, even though it's about to become the coldest place known to man. (laughs) <laughs> I miss it too. I don't go. I don't go though either. Go yeah, there either. Yeah. It's not that far from me, and I still <laughs> miss Chicago. Uh, when's the last time you left the Burbs? The last time I left the city, 
like a couple weeks ago, and then the first time it was the first time since March. So I'm just wondering, how was the last time we've for the birth of my child? Because my, wow. my wife's hospital um, was in the in the city, so we drove out there. You had to that's go. The last yeah. time had to go. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it turns out. <laughs> it turns out had to go. <laughs> also joining us, Cotto. Hi, Cotto. Hi. I'll, like stick you at the end there. Nah, it's fine. It's fine. I'm just. How you feeling? You catching up on sleep for a bit. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Well, like <laughs> during this intro, you mean? Uh, yeah, it's just you know, you know, you ever do that thing? You ever drive and like your head kind of dips in a bad way? Uh, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> you know that thing that that I guess is just my well, life while driving now. the podcast. I right. got you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, please be careful. Stayed up too late <laughs> playing too much Destiny all these nights. What did you do after we beat that rate? Because I went straight. Uh, to you know, that. I'm just chasing some last minute exotics and shit. You know. Oh, okay. I, I was trying to see if I could do exotics. if I can do Cade's will before before the before Beyond. Ma- is that not Ooh. sticking around? Is Cade's will not sticking around? I've, I heard Cade's will is going. I know it's part of Damn. Forsaken, but I heard the exotic I beat Forsaken this week. We're going to talk about Destiny now instead of talking about the yeah. election. That's what oh, people yeah. really want to hear <laughs> yeah. about. Forsaken, the, the, uh, Destiny, yeah, it's pretty fucking good. Yeah, it's, it's good way one. more it's conclusive than one. the election. Though. Let's say that for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of Forsaken, you know what's happened right now. What's happening in our country? We don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> all right. We should put a politics minute on the clock. Uh, no, it's not a politics a, minute. It's a, it's, it is Cotto it's a starting 20 minute, a 20 minute timer. It's a 20 minute politics minute. Mm-hmm. This, this is politics is, 20 minutes. It's, <laughs> or 20 it was consecutive politics year. minutes. No one remembers the callbacks. What are you going to do about that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we should put that time. I'm going to pull up time. Is, what, what time is it? Time. Is 20 minutes. <laughs> it's, it's 11, 11, 11. Uh, at the moment that I open that screen, wow. which is pretty okay. powerful. Here's my wish that we'll the figure out who the president's silent. going to be. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank thank you, Rob. Um, the pol- the politics happened this week, everybody. Uh, the election is ongoing for people who uh, have not been paying attention to the U.S. election. Um, and again, if you want to not hear about this, just jump ahead by like 20 minutes, probably like 25 minutes. You know what it is. Mm. Uh, and I think there are a lot of thoughts uh, in the air, especially on a podcast like this, um, about how it's gone, uh, how we think it might be going and kind of like what can we what can our big takeaways be? Um, uh, who wants to who wants to just jump in? Who is who is like has the take that they need to put out into the world? Um, Fuck elections. Point? How's, how's that? No, wait, no. <laughs> okay, no, no. Here's actually what I want to say. Fuck electoralism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, yeah. Is that the national, the federal election for president has been frustrating, like a non-starter in many ways, and has ended up in a situation where, regardless of who wins, things are still going to be very bad for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. If one person wins, things will be slightly less bad, and that's the you know the. The outcome I'm hoping for, but they, you got two bad options. But when you look down ballot at a lot of down ballot races and a lot of you know things that are being legislation that's being passed via referendums that y- y- you see a lot to let get get, get really excited about, and I, that is where I just begin to realize and like remember the lesson I've been teaching myself the past four years is that you know electoral politics in the national stage frustrating, like not going to get what you want, going to be really upsetting just to involve yourself in and to, to make it like your primary race. When you look down ballot, you see an American people that are interested in having things change, you know? Like New Jersey just passed, you know, legalization for marijuana. And like, despite uh, the jokiness everyone has whenever a state passes weed, that's like, 
Like that's just going to happen in all fifty states. Like that's an incredibly it's popular yeah. piece of legal like legislation. And you Florida know, Florida passed um, fifteen dollar minimum wage. Yeah, you know, this is all shit that's popular. This is all the all the things that I want to see happen nationally are popular in places where you don't think that they would be popular. There's uh, and you'll see the, the Maine DSA. I saw also right. Maine had Maine wound up with like also hazard pay, and I think some some change yeah. to minimum wage. Yeah. Um, and some other big, some other big things too. Seventy-four percent of the people who live in the District of Columbia opted to legalize uh, psychedelics. Shout out to DC. <laughs> Yo, they're on a journey. Um, Oregon, they're ready for it, though. Oregon decriminalized all like drugs that were previously like, which is a huge yeah. step forward. For like the now, harm reduction model of dealing with addiction to recovery, yeah. which now is imagine the one that works. If the party ran candidates who campaigned <laughs> well, okay, well, on I don't know. Policy. See, I'm not. Here's I am. Thing, I, I, I'm not convinced thing, of that, Austin. Like, the DSC, this, the oh, DSA nominated uh, yes. or endorsed like 28 candidates, and something like 26 of them won their races. There is a progressive wing yeah. that is gaining ground. Yes. It's gaining ground and gaining power on a local level. And if you are interested in progressive politics, what you should do is try to get involved with these people. And that's what's exciting for me. And that's Patrick. like basically it's just made it easier to yeah. not give a shit about the the mess. <laughs> I Sorry, want Patrick, Patrick to have his space to 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 voice this this what I think will probably be a dissenting <sighs> opinion. Uh, no, I've I, I, I you know, I, I no, I'm more it's dispiriting. Like mm-hmm. more people voted for him his his sliced electorate was more than yes. 2016 yes the gop grew in, in the gop of, grew yes the ways that it grew are fascinating that i you know don't like the exit polls like it's gonna be a while before we have like a full yeah, slate yeah, of the yeah. data but like one of the larger takeaways is that progressive policies are popular but when associated with the democratic party are unpopular i don't and i'm also not convinced that's as simple as well, Bernie would have won. I actually think Bernie no, would have lost. In, I think I, Bernie would have lost in 2020. No, I'm not you, saying. I'm not yeah. saying. I'm just trying to work through like my like your own these, internal like, the inter- like like I think Bernie would have won in 2016. I think he would have lost in 2020. Um, I would have rather if he ran in 2020 because go down sucker punching mm-hmm. um than yeah. than in the way that we worked out. But I don't know. Like that was where like you just the polling was so off, and you just look around, and I just don't. I don't know. Like, I don't know the pa- like. I I was suspicious of my neighbors before. I'm more suspicious of them now, and I don't know. I just I found it all so. It's where a win feels like a loss, and I don't know what the path forward is from there. It's like yeah, throw out Pelosi, you throw out Schumer. The AOC in 2024 is not a magic fucking bullet, and it's where I come back in the same way I did in 2016, which I try to remind myself. It's what's it's, it's what Gita is saying is like. Look at what's in your control. Like, understand mm-hmm. that there are structural long-term forces that you can only influence on the margins as, like, one person. And what can you do for your community and what's around you to feel good about yourself and what you can improve? Because the other stuff is just, like, you just want to flush half the country down the fucking drain. <laughs> I think to that, though, like, I think that sentiment, I sympathize with it. But I do think, like, therein lies some of the seeds of the problems facing democratic Mm -hmm. politics. Um, I think for me, like there is no sugarcoating this, like this election was basically a disaster. Um, Like you could not have asked for what seemed like they should have been more favorable conditions uh, than the Democrats had. Uh, 
Trump like demonstrably <clears throat> fucked up a pandemic. Uh, hundreds of thousands of people are dead already. Uh, many more are dealing with ongoing effects from COVID-19. And that number is going to swell considerably uh, over the over the coming months. And that's to say nothing of all the people who've uh, lost work, uh, lost mm-hmm. housing, lost security during all of this. Um, and those are those are not contentious issues in terms of I mean, COVID has been made contentious through ongoing propaganda from the Republican Party. But in terms of, um, you know, you look at something like what Claire McCaskill has come out and said some like vaguely transphobic shit in saying that, like, hey, the party shouldn't have been focusing on trans rights issues. It shouldn't have been work- focusing on race and identity and blah, blah, blah. This is how we lose. Da, da, da. The stuff that you just said is not even in that category of like contemporary woke identity politics stuff that is base shit that is like dead people and lost jobs simple stuff right and and i think the really the the thing that's the real wake-up call here is uh yeah we didn't get the rejection of trump and trumpism that we wanted to but we did get what looks like it's going to be a rejection of trump a milder Mm -hmm. one than we wanted but the thing is people came back to the gop and rejected democrats like GOP candidates outperformed Donald Trump. So the entire theory where uh, they would go down with his ship uh, completely exploded. Uh, Mm -hmm. The notion that high turnout automatically and forever favors Democrats also appears to be pretty Mm -hmm. well out the window. What's the phrase demographics is destiny, which also seems to have been completely blown up. Like this idea that well, it'll so, just be like an emerging permanent right. Democratic was, majority due to demographics. What is so like, interesting is that this election in particular seems to have killed polling. Polling's over now. We can't trust polls. It's just done. Give it a year. <laughs> give it a year. Give it a year. Listen, I, I, we, I, we're going to say this like as hard as we can. And then in, you know, in the lead up to the midterms, we will all be looking at polls again. Like I, I. Oh, so this, this was, this was the cycle of right uh, don't yes. trust the polls, right? Like yes. rejecting poll, like using l- big lead polls as a reason to like drive Democratic turnout, like was like a huge part of like the last 18 months. There will be a new p- poll product that someone will, will develop and say fixes the problems with the polls from this cycle or addresses them or comes with extra caveats or we dig deeper or we go broader. Like someone – the yeah. I, I never Is trust the be- system to give up on that on – that, you know, scam. Five the Fox is going to make a comeback, is what you're saying? Five the Fox will be back, motherfucker. <laughs> that motherfucker's not going anywhere. Anyway, think, Rob, go ahead. But I think beyond that, it's, yeah, there's the don't trust the polls in terms of like our relationship with them as consumers of media, as people who follow politics. But nothing here, like whatever the internal polling guiding decision making during a lot of these campaigns was, uh, it also appears right. to have crashed on the runway. Uh, yeah. And I think the thing that I really want to drive home here is that this was a really important election to win. This was and defeating Trump was never enough. This is something we were saying for a long time and certainly in the lead up to this election as the ramifications of the uh, GOP stacking of the judiciary became clear. This was one you needed to succeed down ballot. You needed uh, something of a wave election. And this one appeared to be within reach. Uh, And you can already see the goalposts moving from the centrist uh, wing of the party where because they can never because you you can't run these experiments twice and like propose the counterfactual. um, I don't know if Bernie uh, would have won or lost. I do know that with this like incarnation of the Democratic Party. Um, we did lose. 
Uh, we had an right. enormously weak uh, incumbent and a party that was absolutely implicated in that incompetence. And except for the top of the ticket, the Democrats were smoked pretty thoroughly and saw groups they take for granted begin to break away. Um, the Latino vote. The Latino vote is, that we we had gotten on lock with Bernie went so much more so towards Trump this time. That, for me, was personally disappointing because you can see the same thing that happened with the working class demographic, the Rust Belt, which had been so reliable for the Democratic Party, is that the Democratic Party started to take it for take it for granted and then not do anything to appeal to those voters. And then they broke away. And like we're going to see it again with more and more demographics until we have the I mean the party of Nancy Pelosi, Diane Feinstein, and McCaskill that <sighs> should be over now, right? This should be dead. And if it's not dead, we have to kill it. <laughs> it's going to be. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of contention over over what that f- the future of the party looks like. To, to to go really quickly back to that question, Rob. Of I mean, there's a few things that have come up that I just want to quickly hit because we don't we've already gone for half of our our politics chat. Um, the I keep coming back to the thing that you just said, Rob. The thing of like we know we we lost key stuff here. That's one thing. That's a, that's a known thing. Um, and and you, I think it was you on Twitter the other day, or, or or maybe that was in a DM. I don't remember. Basically laying out that like um, you know what was the it wasn't you it was someone else. Um, I remember you know I, I'm I'm old enough to remember when when we decided to run to run Biden in order to uh, uh, secure down ballot wins uh, and and House and Senate wins. Um, and, you know, Senate seems like it might be back back in play, theoretically, with a pair of runoffs in Georgia, question mark, which yeah, we can talk about the, yeah, we can talk be, about the Georgia runoffs, is which is one like, of those, I think, yeah, dude, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I, I But, but you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the point yeah, is, in this was not a, it was not a, but it was not a wave. It was not a no. runaway thing. And at that point, that negative disappears from progressive candidates like Bernie, um, and and for me, disappears from the argument against progressive candidates, in which what they say is, well, listen, we need Biden, we need someone down the middle to win those races. The thing that I think to go back to the the other point, kind of lattice onto that, um, the question of whether or not the GOP has now this coalition between the kind of Trumpist voters, the traditional evangelicals, the kind of old school conservatives that sticks around post Trump. If we get a post Trump, which it, nothing is fucking promised, do not feel comfortable yet. Well, but that but that would be um, that would be true. Regard like right that would be the, if that's, it's now or if it's for years from now. Right. The there question would be a is, is is it is it like a realignment totally. or is it in some ways uh, like the mirage of like the quote Obama coalition where it's like a unique candidate pulls together a coalition that seems like oh this is a permanent majority and then as it right. turns out like so you know you run some is, I, lesser candidates and I they just want to finish my point before Rob pops sure, in. Yeah. Um, which is uh, we can't count out that we also get to have unique candidates sometimes. Right. That we can get people who can take whatever – like, yes, uh, there are never Trumpers, theoretically. They're so small that that doesn't matter because the group of people who are Trump diehards and the people, the group of people who are going to vote strategically uh, with Trump are so much bigger than whatever is lost by the party having chosen Trump four years ago and having continued through today. That is not off the table for us. And so when I think about um, having a party choose a candidate who is willing to champion the sort of policies that are popular, that we know are popular, because not only are they polling well, but because they are being voted in in down ballot, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, elections or down ba- down ballot um, uh, propositions, uh, 
that to me mean is a point in the favor of running someone who can you know uh vocally and and charismatically champion those policies uh and and that we can cons- we can think about the alternative world where it's not that like oh bernie is such a better politician that he wins it's that can he actually motivate people in places like texas where we know he was doing better with with the latino vote than biden was for instance and also continue to build out that progressive that that rising progressive wing and also get the dems who are going to vote against trump in this situation anyway <laughs> i would have loved to have seen how that goes uh, and that's and and again honestly that's just like me as someone who would rather a progressive you know, uh, a leader of the party. Uh, in four years, I don't think it's going to be Bernie. Bernie's yeah. Bernie too old. He's uh, old as shit. He's like, old as he's, shit. He's, but he still got it. Freaking old. He had a heart yeah, of attack. Of course he does. Yeah, yeah I know. But really? I, I'm with Robin. He almost I think he died. Could. Yes, he's I'm with Robin. I think he, though. Holy I agree. shit! Like I agree. But I, I need and and real quick, let's just fucking you know podcast of note, podcast of record. Bernie did his fucking ad. He spent his 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 all of this year campaigning for Biden post post uh, primary uh, in in ways that were often frustrating. Uh, and yet, like if anyone ever raises the like, he didn't do enough to to try to help Biden win the election thing. I'm gonna. Which, keep. to be clear, centrists are already doing. I know. Like, of course. Again, I you go on Twitter, you will always that. find yes, dead enders yes. of various stripes. Yeah, like yeah, there are yeah. still people who are like. I got. I got a Warren person still arguing with me when I pointed out that she never had the broad support she needed to win the primary, and I. Yeah. I I just asked about the weird thing they always said, which is she's electable if you vote for her, which just feels like a nonsense tautology. And That's they're just like, it's everybody. simple. You just think about it. And I'm yeah. like, wow, you really are holding on to this anger. I was like 400 years ago. Well, if there's um, one thing Warren voters were not good at, it was recognizing when a fight was over. Um, <laughs> but God, like, and, and I liked her, but like, come on, that was ridiculous. Anyway, I, you, I was anyway. We can't rehash this. Uh-huh. Now. There's other. There are other more years. important things to do in the politics minute. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I think one of the other things. Not to get too Matt Stoller on this issue, but like <laughs> governance does matter. Like one of the things yeah. that I, I see in the reaction to a lot of these results is this tendency for we hear about it with geography where it's like curse these red states. Damn. Can we nuke the south yet? Can we yeah. cut Florida <laughs> off the country? Yeah. Um, but you also get it with demographics as well. You get people mm-hmm. saying things like, oh, my God, white men, what is wrong with you? And to be fair. There's a lot of asshole white guys who are like, you know what? I kind of dig the racism a lot. There are, but not all of them. Some of them are, you know what I mean? You don't, you do not know what motivates Rob all Zachary, the voters. Not all blocks. white guys, 2020. <laughs> I am saying like, you need, like you cannot look at demographics and be like, these are wicked people. We're, these we're are the chopping people. the right. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. chopping. Uh, we're we're going to give up on this, on this because the, the way to win is actually to be able to pull enough people across. Well, Large and Obama cleaned house. And if you look at the states that are battlegrounds right now, they're all southern states. They're all these states that people have always been like, I wish we could secede from these people. You know, there's a lot of progressive people who live there and want things to be better for themselves and their loved ones. Georgia you know, might like tint blue. Um yeah. like largely on like back of like Stacey Abrams like like running that state. Um what, what do y'all running, think well, should be should be? But. Here's a question. <laughs> what do you think of of this thing that we've we've heard a lot of over the last few days of like uh, the work that Stacey Abrams did, the work that Beto did, like building out these these. Um, the, okay, so really, the framing for this is Michael St- uh, James Carville, and then Michael Steele came on MSNBC to kind of Uh-oh. back pat 
the the state uh, uh, the states where Dems lost but made progress this year, and basically saying this is what a victory looks like. Actually, this is generational change. This we didn't is- get it this time, but but you know, Beto O'Rourke and and Stacey Abrams and like we're 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 getting there. This is this is success, baby. And and I just kept like falling into into uh, a void, staring at Michael St- at Michael Steele, thinking about the fact that people are still putting him on TV. Yeah, just like these are the gains that we should have been making under Obama, you know, and then Obama never fostered. And now we're trying to play catch up now. Like it's going to do fucking anything to deal with our current situation. Like you just can't look to the national leadership for anything like quality, <laughs> anything reassuring even. Man, it's like even in New York, like looking to our governor is just sort of like staring nightmare. into a black hole. You, the only place where I find any kind of hope for the Democratic Party or like a left wing coalition is just going incredibly hyper local because you see people who are convincing their neighbors to actually do something. Like here, like the Dems can barely convince their constituency to vote for them. I, Rob, I, I think this is like this is kind of where I was going with like Obama had some really impressive election wins with people who have turned against Democrats. Right. And for whatever he won reason, Wisconsin you had- by 400,000 votes, Biden's going to skate through with 20K. Yeah. Like it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, for me, but that's the point, by the way, of just I'm going to interject again, uh, charismatic uh, leaders who can who can push on on policy. Who sounded a lot more progressive than he actually was. Exactly. That's the thing. Obama did not govern on that. Go ahead, Rob. Yes. The charisma has to be matched by something like one of the things. Damn. Like the there's something very self-exculpatory by looking at demographic shifts and being like, damn, this country's just gotten so racist because then you are spared any need to introspect about like why the call of racism got stronger over the course of eight years, including yeah. for people who were willing to ride, ride with Obama, at least in 08, like what changed. And I think here's like one of the reasons this election result is so scary is that once again, Democrats have been, uh, in a good position, like there was there was a wave election in 2018 that, uh, you know, brought a pretty significant Democratic majority. And yet again, uh, it was rejected. Like one of the things that one, one of the common threads in Democratic politics is Democrats get power. They win wave elections. And then come the next election cycle, all that support is evaporated. And it might have something to do with the fact that there is never anything to fucking show for it. Right. Um, and this st- and the reflexive need for liberals to pat themselves on the back for how smart and politically savvy they are to use the use that insight to generate excuses for democratic leadership for why they appear to be demonstrably incompetent. Uh, this is one of the reasons that this keeps happening. Uh, this is an election cycle that you know the top of the ticket was probably weaker than we wanted. But also you have to look at what have House Democrats done with power in the last two years? Uh, How did they respond to the COVID crisis? Um, Well, and the scariest thing is – and – is and there are probably people shouting at their podcast right now. It's like, well, what could have they done with McConnell and the Senate being, you know, stopping anything that was coming over from the House, etc. Could have made just a bigger stink about giving people money <laughs> instead of saying no, sure. we don't want to give anybody money. Uh, well, 100%. just at least saying that yeah, would yeah, have yeah. communicated to people that they were trying to help, but they did nothing. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. The thing that yeah. I want to, the thing that I want to wrap around to and be a bit of a, uh, a little bit of a doomsayer, but also I hope that this is motivating in the sense that like. You have to pay attention to this shit. There are th- there are t- things that 
there are beaches that will never come back already, right? Um, and that's not me segueing into talking about, you know, climate change. Sometimes the thing has already happened. And so things like redistricting and gerrymandering, uh, things like um, the the loss of n- not controlling the Senate looking going forward, losing state legislatures uh, across uh, the country, which means that the redistrict the redistricting won't be fixed, or or rather there might be even worse redistricting going into uh, uh, the midterms. Those are losses that we haven't even felt yet, but will continue to push the or continue to to force the or prevent the Dems from making things happen uh, in 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 the next couple of years. Uh, and it's it's one of those things where, where sometimes I get frustrated because it's like, well, we lost this in some ways already. And so this is part of why for me, I'm always looking for alternative, non-electoralist uh, and and or, or new new strategies of electoralism to try to get around that stuff to to not just fall into the, the trap of trying to win the same constituencies or trying to rely on on old coalitions because the map has been literally controlled and changed by the GOP such that those strategies have have decreasing effectiveness um and and to ignore that as being being kind of the biggest loss of this election cycle i think is to miss is to miss the forest for the trees um the fact that that these small uh, elections the fact that we lost we, we lost seats in the house the fact that the senate uh, has not uh, has not switched blue will limit the effectiveness of of a, a presidency that i'm already not particularly optimistic about um, and that is scary because of what the knock-on effect is. And this is why I'm like, go. Part of the strategy for me of of suggesting that there needs to be a bigger, you know, introspection and change in leadership is because you can kind of, if not insulate yourself, you can put the sign out front that says "under new management." And at that point, you can start making a different pitch for what the party can do in people's everyday lives. But you have to do that because otherwise, voters who are not up late looking at down ballot elections, looking looking at the ways in which districts have been changed, looking at ways in which voter suppression has been put into place, and are just seeing, hey, Biden got elected and then didn't do anything for two years, those people don't understand necessarily why, and that's not me saying that they're dumb or something. That's just like you, no one can be engaged all the time. People are busy. People have families and work and and you know lives outside of politics. Um, but those people need a story. Those people need something to understand. How does this party ever do anything again? And and for me, that means pretty dramatic change in 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 management. Pretty dramatic change in in campaigning. We'll see. I don't know. Um, also, we should just just I you know I want to underscore something real quick because we haven't like said it, but like fuck Trump, fuck trying to steal the election, blah 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 blah. You you, are, you should already know what it is, but sometimes we get letters from people who are like, all you did for twenty five minutes was badmouth Biden. It's like you don't even care about Trump, and like yeah, no shit. Like why are you listening? <laughs> no, to this I want to watch. This, I want to. I'm looking forward to the toddler tantrum for three months and watching his ass walk out the door. I will take deep <laughs> satisfaction in that, and that is not nothing. <laughs> You know, you're nothing. right, actually. Just being able to be really mad vocally, it, it does a lot. It does a lot. We've had a horrible fucking miserable four years, you know? Yes. It's yep. been fucking awful. It's been awful every day. It's made us feel <sighs> very bad. So seeing it's not going to do anything, but watching him be humiliated has a cathartic effect. Mm-hmm. We talk yes, so 100%. much. And the Gawker unit, we talk so much about the difference between cathartic actions and like, you know, actions that actually do something. But the mm-hmm. cathartic actions have value. They oh, do yeah. because you oh, need yeah. that catharsis. So I'm going to call him a little bitch baby. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. 
about that guy. Dude sucks. Yeah. Uh, all my homies hate Trump. <laughs> I know it's controversial. So, so like, yeah. Austin Everyone. really going out on a limb here. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Damn. <laughs> We're going to hear from the execs advice about this one. <laughs> Listen, time out. I'm going to tell a story that I've not told about four years ago and why we okay. cannot fucking. So week after the. Okay. I've told half of this story before. Um, half of the story was day after the election, everyone is fucking upset. Uh, all the EICs are like, no one coming to work today. It's chill. <laughs> everyone just chill out. Um, and then that Friday, we at that point, we were having weeklies with CL, who was my manager at the time, who was like the head of, of kind of editorial, basically, advice. Uh, and we had this really great meeting with CL that was like, all right, you know, where do we go from here? Um, Quo Vadimus, uh, you know, what is what is the the future of of digital editorial coverage in a Trump era? How do we get our teams motivated? What are we excited about? Or where do we think we can make, um, you know, an incision? Um, uh, there was there was like a lot of like building people up. And that was great. A week after that, we got pulled into a similar room where it was all the EICs again, and then a high-ranking, like, mind trust dude who was not a founder of the company but was, like, buds with the founders of the company. Um, and then someone else from the media, from the entertainment industry with close ties to Vice, who was also there and was, like, trying to get a, a vibe. Um, and their pitch was – and I, I think Patrick was probably here for this and I heard this story, heard me blow up at this. They were like, we got to move to the right. We got to have we got to have more voices here. It's clear America. We didn't understand what America was. We need to have reporters in the places Trump won. And I mean, everyone offer, was doing this at the well, time. I know like, totally. Well, this like, is my version of this, which included yeah. people who again were like, you know, a, a step below Shane, a step below the person who was running the company at this time. Not like four steps below. Not like outside consultants who are like wonks coming in. Uh, at one point, straight up said like. Do we need to ask people who don't believe in climate change to start writing for us? Do we need people who believe in looser gun, you know, uh, gun laws lo lo to, to start writing for Vice? And obviously, the, the everyone inside of this room, all the EICs, like revolted at this idea. Um, but that is where the people with money were four years ago at that at the end of that election. The people with money who are who are trying to like uh, or who who you know finance and run the media industry and many other industries saw this as an and immediately thought okay the reaction to this has to be to meet Trump in the middle somehow um and i i think that with the increase in in the gop turnout i suspect we'll see a little bit of that again um i, I we already see it again from cert, from a certain sort of like commentariat class who's already you know lording over this and saying this is why more of my nazi friends have to come right with me at the new york times um Just, go ahead, rob it's to interject there mm mhm Actually, there is a case to be made for that, but the commentary at dudes saying that are the ones who shouldn't have jobs. Like, Correct. If we're talking about like trying to get a sense of what is happening in the country, Brett Stevens represents like 50 people. Like Brett yeah, Stevens like gives nobody. you no insight. Like No one hey. gives a shit about what Brett Stevens has to say, least of all Republican voters. David Brooks has been a non-entity within his movement uh, for like 25 years. Totally. On yeah. election night and like also just like yesterday doing election coverage for multiple hours – Hassan Piker, the streamer, reached like about a quarter of a million people yesterday when he was just doing like just chatting, like, you know, like a, a stream that like like a three hour just chatting stream. He got more viewers than the live stream from NBC 
at a certain point, you know? Right. Like, if right. we want to actually understand where young people are, new voters, people who are newly politically engaged, they are not going to be on these same networks and these same prestige media, you know, places as we've been used to, you know? Like, like we've seen this. You know, it is nice to know that, like, people like David Brooks don't matter. Like, people like Andrew Sullivan are making substacks or whatever. Like, it, it, that's real fucking chill to know. But it's also really chill to know that there are places where people can go to be politically engaged that are outpacing these old places that are going to try to turn right with the news of this election. You know, there's a lot of progressive people in this country, and it's all about finding each other. It reminds me so much of just, like, <laughs> punk rock and zines. I mean, we used to have to, mm-hmm. like, find each other through zines, but now we have different methods that are faster, and we can use them to organize. Uh, really quick, um, a shout-out that Gita has a piece up on the site about the Hassan Piker streams. Uh, what is that called? What's the name of that piece? I it is Hassan Piker's The Future of Election Night coverage, which there I really do believe. Like, it's not just that he... Um, is more in line with my values, but it's like when he's like clicking on a million different tabs and can't find the right one, I'm like, I know what this is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this oh, is how I figure out things about politics already. <laughs> um, anyone else have any final thoughts as this 30 minute politics minute that we all agreed to comes to an end? We only went a little over, really went, I know we all said 30 minutes, and so we're at like <laughs> yeah. 32 minutes now, mm-hmm. so I feel like we pretty mm-hmm. much nailed it. Patrick, I love the face you have on. That's the face of determination. No, I'm, I'm, I'm great. You know, I'm p- politics. I'm satisfied. You're satisfied. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want to take a break now and come back and and maybe make this a two-break show? Need, I don't know that we need to. You I, think it'll be that quick? You think this will be... All right, let's well, talk about the Xbox. Well, Pat, you're <laughs> crowding my segment. Okay, sure. Oh, God. Rob Zachary, I, you have an article on the site <sighs> called The New Xbox Consoles Are Built to Eliminate Every One of Gaming's Hassles. And Everyone? that's all they're built to do. Like, <laughs> like, okay. and, and that's the thing. Like, is okay. your big problem, has this ever happened to you? You're <laughs> sitting down with a delicious warm snack while you're going to play some games, but then your game starts loading. And, like, that's kind of what Xbox is, like, offering. Is kind mm. of, like, right now, because there was so little available during the... Uh, like pre-release window, we've had these machines uh, for the last. Yeah, we two should weeks. be cl- we should be clear that like some of this will change before this machine launches. Like there will be games. There was there was a moment where what? Okay, so this is a, this is an oddity. I don't know. I don't, I haven't fully read your piece, Rob. So I wasn't sure if this like little bit came in, but it's part of like the pre-release process. Like Rob got both the X and the S, and then I got an, an X. Um, uh, was that like Watch Dogs Legion? Was like we got a code for that from. Microsoft to like redeem download on the Xbox and it uh it didn't work immediately because it was like tied to like the it actually going live for like you know so sort of, like regular players on the store it wasn't like an early press code it it works but it was operating through backwards compatibility it like it didn't have like a, a series X or series S like patch which is like was like the extra sheen and ray tracing and all that sort of stuff and a certain it worked for like a day like a day and a half and then we got like a note from Microsoft that's like actually we're going to turn that off. And so they turned off the backwards compatibility for Watch Dogs Legion. And then you just weren't allowed to play that game. Even though it functioned properly and like was playable on this Series X, they only wanted you to experience it with the Series X sheen. And so that game just sort of like disappeared. But we'll have a patch in a couple of days. Well, it, um, that's been super weird too. Weird. Uh, so they were like, it's been revoked. 
Um, and on they my... turned it off. They're like they what? they have the ability in the back to just be like, nope. Uh, I mean, which obviously yes, they're all digital licenses. They can do whatever yeah, the fuck yeah, they want to. We don't you know, own anything. Like, yeah. Right. Right. But it, it was like very. It was actually you don't see actually yeah. see that literally happen. It's just one of those sort of like threats that hangs well, existentially in our digital launching. world. So like, despite it being a also. There's the multiple people who are like writing about like how Assassin's Creed Valhalla ran on their Xbox Series X when like we we were explicitly told that game will not run till November 10th. But like if you're Gene Park at the Washington Post, it apparently runs on your Xbox because they didn't flag as account or something. Oh my god! Look, that's Rob what and I can't run darkness, it. and uh, we ju- we just had to make sure that he'd get those Valhalla <laughs> impressions on Series X out the door. Is it what, is not too busy faving hentai on Twitter? Is that not? <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Gene made a tweet about that's not me. That's not me looking at Gene Park's likes. I'm not dragging <laughs> Gene Park. Gene was like, instead of following election stuff, I'm just gonna start faving hentai. That's all. Okay, oh continue. <laughs> so I think the 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 Xbox is in a weird place right now because during this entire review window, uh what we had were a handful of games that did receive optimization updates for the Series X. Uh, and it's what you'd expect from Microsoft right now, right? It's like Forza Horizon 4, it's Sea of Thieves, it's Gears 5. Gears and Tactics, please, come on. Need the high res sheen on my strategy game. That game was actually pretty. That game was fun. That game's pretty. Yeah, yeah that game looks yeah, good. I like that. Yeah. Gears Tactics 2, I think, would be very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. But the thing is, um, and after I finished my review last night, I was like, okay, am I just like, <laughs> am I just like, kind of nearsighted or something can i just not perceive like what the big improvements are and so i went over to digital foundry's uh like video on the gears 5 update for series x and digital foundry like i think they're probably best in class at like breaking down what these technical improvements and what these changes in like rendering technique actually mean on the screen Uh i'm watching this video and i'm like I don't know how you're supposed to notice this <laughs> as someone playing these games. Like even when they slow it down, like just look at the edges on this model of a book in the background of the scene. And I'm like, that thing is the like scene the scene is of on my fire on the screen. Right. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so tiny. Well, I've told this story before, but like when Austin and I at E3, like a couple of years back, I think when the Xbox One X was announced yeah. and we went to this behind the scenes thing where they were like going to show off a couple of games running it. 4k uh-huh. and they showed uh gears four um and it was you know like one of the impressive like you're piloting a big mac there's lots of explosions and we walked out of it going i think the minecraft stuff looked better the than minecraft gears stuff looked better and they never shipped that minecraft stuff by the <laughs> no, way they never they did. never shipped that pack so but it was one of those things where when you are shown and we can get into this when we get into the playstation stuff because i can echo some similar thoughts but like when you were just shown 4k it doesn't have like the hit you in the gut, uh, like the way that like SD to HD, like there was just no way to ignore like how much sharper it it looked. And and here, when you are just presented with, this is how it looks. You end up as Rob said, because I played some gears five last night and I have it now on like a 4k TV. And I'd played a bunch of gears five on a, uh, a 1080p set on, you know, a regular, um, you know, Xbox. And I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess it, it looks better. It does. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this digital when Rob thing. said, yeah. like, it, I can't perceive it. Like, literally, your eyeballs cannot perceive it. This is like just a fact that 
is true. Well, like, I, I wouldn't go. Can't... I wouldn't go for that. I would not go that far because we'll get into the PlayStation. I discovered well, that I can tell the difference between 1080p and 4K, and it was now you've been looking about it a, a lot, and you know what to look for. But the regular person, you don't have a screen that's big enough to really make the distinction noticeable, meaningfully noticeable. Like on a day to day, this is like this is like the basic facts of like the people. Is this true? Is this cinema? Kato, you know that this is true. Like you, there's a certain level, a certain amount of pixels that your eyes cannot perceive unless the screen is big enough and you are far enough distance away. Yeah, this is like basic the distance, photography and cinema stuff. The distance like, thing is a big thing. We're like, especially like most people don't have the biggest fucking TVs, but still sit far from them because just that, right, that's right, how people right. watch TV. And it's like yeah. at that distance, you're not gonna fucking see anything different. I have a degree in cinema studies. <laughs> like, don't don't fight I, me not, on this. Listen. I know this is true. This is different. There's a another type of like ultra HD uh, format that's out now where things are more noticeable. But 4K seems to be the thing that's catching on because it's like snappier to say. It was like all marketing. And like the thing about 4K is like really like you have to have like a massive screen and you have to sit pretty far away from it for it really to really get the reap the benefits of that file format. But, you know, some people do have that. So I guess it's really nice for that. Okay. Yeah. And I think, like, where the benefits are more noticeable is it's less. So I think one of the clarifying things was when I fired up the Series S, uh, which outputs at 1440p um, as opposed to 4K. Um, 1440 is, uh, like, what is it? Ultra high res, but not ultra high def. It's what a lot of, like, uh, nicer monitors are running at right now. A lot of, yeah, a lot of PC folks have, like, gotten into 1440p in, like, the last yeah. five years. Which, by the way, also makes it a very good machine to, like, if your entire gaming setup is at, like, a desk with, like, a PC and shit, um, it becomes much easier to, like, plug your monitor into the uh, Xbox mm. uh, Series S. <laughs> but... One of the things that kind of did jump out at me yesterday uh, as I was sort of playing through the opening uh, hours of, of Gears on both systems is that the Series S, despite being at this considerably lower resolution, you can see that when you sort of play them side by side. Like you can tell like which one is uh, a little more dense in terms of detail and a little higher res. But in motion, what you notice mostly is like – what I think what communicates the most visual quality is like, and this has been the focus of this generation of hardware is like lighting and, uh, you know, rendering techniques around textures and post-processing effects. And Series S has all that just at a lower resolution, but it still reads as very good looking games because I think that is mostly, that is most of what we're reacting to. Um, but also it does mean that you see, again, I've talked about this, you know, a lot in the lead up to this console generation. When we talk right. about diminishing returns, um, it is hard to gather the family around the the TV and be like, behold, look at this volumetric lighting. Kids, you see that? You see that fog? You see? So now HDR, like if I put these two, the sun uh, is going to glit. And I think HDR looks, I think HDR is like far more impressive than 4K. That's like, the thing that I'm but, thinking about replacing my yeah. TV over. I have that like entry level HDR that is like, Oh yeah, that's it's sort of brighter, but I've seen real HDR. Yeah. I will say the first time I saw HDR was at a PS4 Pro event where they showed Mass Effect Andromeda, a game I don't really like that much. But if you were like awesome, you can right now this second snap your fingers and see that stuff again. I would just I, that'd be great. That'd feel really good. <laughs> just so just I, spin that universe around and just watch that. Wow, look at how bright this shit off. is. There was specifically yeah. like going into a cave with bioluminescent like mushrooms and shit. I was like, this looks sick as shit. Those mushrooms are glowing, and I haven't had that experience. 
experience because my HDR is just not that good. And I might replace my TV on. Not over that. Uh, I also HDR, have a friend who just moved. It'd be good to be like, here's a TV. You know, anyway. HDR is like, has a real tangible, immediately noticeable benefit yep. yeah. that like everyone can understand. The more pixels, there's diminishing returns. Give me those nits, though. Give me those nits. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I think... Uh, it, it becomes difficult to look at these games that are being upgraded for the new Xboxes because you're already taking things that were built to run on older hardware. They already right. look good. And you're basically saying, all right, well, now the way these point light sources are filtered through a haze just looks incredible now. And it's like, yeah, but that's not it already looked good. So we're 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 kind of splitting hairs here. Um also, just just as an aside, I have this happen a lot where I see these sort of side-by-side comparisons of like, this is how it looks on the Series X. This is how it looked on the Xbox One X. And uh-huh. it also feels like some of these rendering techniques, because they're so advanced and they give like supposedly like more natural looks, sometimes I find their effects look more muted and mm. less impressive because like the cruder techniques call attention to like pools of shadow and texture uh, and and the textures the way the textures are lit because they're probably a little exaggerated and yes like they're not natural but again like this is kind of an aesthetic uh thing as well right right? like it's not like visual media it's not about perfectly reproducing reality as we perceive it is it about Mm -hmm. it is about bringing an impression across of reality and so right. a lot of times you look at side-by-side shots of like, well, using this rendering technique, it looks like this. But here on the older tech, it looks, you know, obviously cruder. A lot of times I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, damn, I guess I, I guess I'm a Philistine because the, 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 the older, shittier tech <laughs> looks better. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So I, but setting that aside, I think the, the big issue right now is um, in a week, there's going to be a lot of games with updates for Series X. X and Series S. And we'll be able to see what improvements the hardware brings to the games that are launching this fall. Um, So when we all get the Gene Park treatment and Valhalla starts working, uh, we can live that life. Um, You know, we can get that upgraded uh, Watch Dogs Legion um, and really appreciate holographic projections of the Queen over the Thames Bridges. Um, (laughs) But, you know, just... Dead sack as fuck never looks so good. Uh, <laughs> but I think it'll be a little while before we really have anything we can point to and be like, damn, you gotta you gotta get on that. Well, that's the Series thing, right? X. Even the stuff you're talking about is stuff that's cross-generational and yeah. is like here are the improvements here. Um what we don't have, and I think this is a failure of the launch lineup, which we've talked about at length earlier this year, is like there there is not not there's not just not a killer app for this thing. I don't know that there's like a yeah I'd buy that that sounds yeah that's a good you know what even so, Halo Infinite like part of its pitch was you're gonna be able to play this on right like our whole line of boxes including that Xbox One that you bought you know seven years ago right which se- seemed to severely constrain you know at least based on what they've shown what they could even like do with the visual fidelity yeah um, but yeah it doesn't have like a that's like the you know, but it doesn't even have like a Fantavision buying- do you know what I mean like it doesn't even have a Dynasty <laughs> Warriors two Fantavision it doesn't have a rules. Evergrace. I love Fantavision. <laughs> Bring back Fantavision. Fanta, I was pitch, I was pitching this in you know yeah, some yeah. people at Sony in a Discord that we're in, and I was like Fantavision with HDR and like that like it's a perfect time for a downloadable Fantavision sequel 
to show off the fireworks tech of, uh, of the- I don't know, just ray, ray tracing seems like that'd be a thing for oh. Phantom Vision. Like in, right? like in cool places and the light is like, ex- yeah. yeah, sure, ray tracing. Yes. That's light. Sure, ray tracing. Um, but <laughs> that yeah, to so me was, is ray tracing. That to me is ray tracing. Um, <laughs> now that's ray tracing. <laughs> Rob, is there is there anything else? Like, so we know the software library isn't great, but like, do you have any thoughts on the UI stuff or backwards compatibility or any of the other shit that is like this is what Xbox is? So Game Pass, etc. I guess both the most impressive thing about this is also the most underwhelming. Mm. Like, literally, it's the it feels like the exact same machine. Like, I was startled by when I unhooked. Like, this is how I opened my review. I right. plugged in the Series X, and it was like, you want to import your old settings? And I was like, yeah, of course. And it was like I just turned on the same machine. I sort of did a double take, and I was like, is, right. this, is this sort of a weird pre-launch thing where nothing has changed? Uh, but this and is the answer kind is, of by design. No, it's like buying a new, it's like buying a new phone where yeah. – you want all that, st- or the theory it pull, it pulls is your backup. It's right. just the new phone. It's just a new the tech. The, the camera's better. Right the camera's down to better. the hey, right. remember those apps you liked? Here they are. Here all they again. are. Like they're yeah, the yeah, icons. Yeah. You just have to install them. Um, right. But the flip which side is, the be- is, which is the bet they're making. That's the bet they're making, right? Yeah. yeah. Flip side is everything carried over. Like my entire library from Xbox One is there. Like, and this was deep in it. Like deep in pre-launch um yeah pretty much everything on game pass and in my library that i tested was able to launch um and i'm not gonna lie like uh just running dishonored 2 it's just like maximum like you know what would have been like maximum fuck off settings on pc um <laughs> right on series x like that game looked incredible like it was just genuinely like kind of jaw-dropping every time um ace combat 7 uh, you know, not only looks good, but it works with the uh, quick resume, which is basically this is I th- think maybe yeah. the the big quality of life upgrade it offers. Quick resume is a little more impressive than I expected it would be. Uh, basically, the Xbox can basically put a bookmark in a bunch of your games where you're playing them, and then you go you go off and do whatever. And then when you click on that game the next time, the quick resume icon comes up. And like after a beat, you are just plunged back into the game right where you were. And Xbox was already kind of like this on the One X where like if you went and watched Netflix and then you went back to a game, you would go right back to the game. Like it never unloaded the game state. Um, This is like that, except it can do it for a dozen games concurrently. Um, and so you can sort of hop between them, you know, whatever is on rotation for you at that moment, you can hop between them all, uh, without ever having to really see a load screen. Um, I tremble to think what the energy cost of that quality of life upgrade is, uh, over the course of like a week, a month of like, you know, you don't play a game for a week, but the Xbox is, is got it in its head. I'm curious what the, um, you know, the power draw over time is. Well, it also it also keeps that um, the quick resume upon like if you just take out that power cord, it like oh, you plug it back in. It, yeah, like people tested like fully hmm. um, removing power from the device, putting it back in, and it. So yeah, if you're worried about the you know how much power it's drawing, to apparently just apparently to plug that thing. Yeah, I don't know how long. Like maybe that's not the case a week from right, you know right, from now. Right. But I know there was some. I, I saw a video that was was showing how like they you know unplugged it. I think overnight and then plugged it back in, and it was able to. To resume uh, games the following day. Speaking oh. of power, though, I do have to call out. Um, so the Xbox Series X has that big ass fan um, on its hat. Basically, it's got like is it loud? Like, 
it's not loud. Um, and okay. I think it, I think it is not loud because it is a big fan that just yeah. pulls a lot of air without having to spin really really high. Sure, but it puts out a disquieting amount of heat. Let us mm. say, mm. Uh, like last night I was I was playing on the Series X and I had to go over there and swap out. Uh, for the series s and so i went like i have an open-sided um tv console so it like had plenty of room to vent but there was this like pocket of hot air that was like a space heater or a hair dryer been left running and that was just from having the xbox like on a menu screen for like 20 minutes uh and so like i do think um one it's probably a bit of a a, a power thirsty uh, machine but two think about ventilation uh, for this thing, think about what that heat is blowing onto. Um, that would be my advice. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. All right. Any other thoughts? We just go to break, come back, talk about the PS5, talk about PS5 launch games, and uh, and some of them. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Not not as exciting as you might think. Uh, so we will be right back. There's exciting stuff in there. I don't want to undersell it. All right. Be yeah, yeah, no, yeah. 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 When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. We are back, and that means we can talk about the PS5. And also, again, some launch games for the PS5. I don't know. I don't know what's on PS5. What we can talk about, can't up, talk about. Up, up front, just there's, there, we don't have Demon's Souls. I just want to make that clear. Like, right. if, if you came here to think, what did what did we think of the the, the Demon's Souls update, remake, remaster, whatever? But they, no uh, one will have that. Presumably. No one will have that. That is not Wait, a Gene Park about, is not secretly playing. What Demon's about Souls these teeth? <laughs> can we talk about these teeth? Yeah, well, this is publicly available information now, right? Uh, until I see those yes. teeth with HDR, I don't want to speculate about the teeth. I need, yeah, 4K, 60 frames per second HDR teeth. Um, <laughs> what are those? What? Are, why do you need so many frames for teeth? teeth? Teeth move. They just move very little at a time, and that's why you need all the frames. <laughs> right, catch okay, catch them. They might only move three frames out of the 60, but you might lose those if they're if you only have 30 frames, right. you know what I mean? It's like half the chance to see the frames, but your teeth are moving. I need, I need my new child to have like a, a PS5 GPU so her teeth can push through her mouth a little, <laughs> little faster. Seems painful. Um, She's not enjoying it. Oh. All right, so who who has been fucking around with the PS5 at this point? Well, yeah, I'm fucking Gita, around with the PS5. Yeah, Patrick? with uh, Rob, Gita, and I all received PS5s. You know, okay. Rob has been spending his, his time sort of like tasked with PlayStation 5 stuff. Gita was tasked with reviewing as of when this goes up to Gita you'll have a review of uh Miles Morales and then Ooh. uh I reviewed Astro's Playroom Bug Snacks and sort of like a general review of the the hardware but I want to I, I think we should start with Miles I think like Miles might be our way in to unpack certain things sure about the, so the we, machine 
we just had our politics minute. This is how I talked about it on election night with my two friends who play games, but are more plugged into politics, like politics people. One of them's in the DSA, one of them works in politics in DC. And so this is the situation that Miles Morales, the video game, will set up for us and have us accept as reality. So Miles Morales has just moved from Brooklyn to Harlem. Mm-hmm. His father, who is a deceased police officer, his mother is Rhea Morales, who is running for city council in Harlem after it's been emphasized a lot that they've just moved there and don't know anyone. She's also the widow of a deceased police officer, but is running on what is implied to be, it's never outright stated, but implied to be a left wing, you know, series of policies focusing around getting a large tech conglomerate not to uh not to develop in harlem so it's like a it's like a get out of here amazon new york situation yeah yeah it's very much amazon hq3 so can't does does any of this really make sense when you think about new york politicians and there's the way that nypd deceased widow wife (laughs) are people are you know like not Really, really. doesn't really make any sense with, I mean, number one thing. Yeah, it only makes sense. Go ahead. The number one thing you would say if you're running against Rhea Morales on city council is, hey, she just moved here. She just moved here like like a little while ago. (laughs) 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 How does she possibly know any of the issues that you guys are facing? Well, I think New Yorkers in the world of Spider-Man Miles Morales would be sympathetic to the fact that – they haven't built the uh, models for Brooklyn, and right. so Rio yeah. had like she had to move uh, because in that is the exist, only seat available in the plane. In of the existence. world of the game, she had <laughs> yeah. to move to Manhattan. God, so I also, mean, what is that river that cuts like uh, like that is just at the like in the middle of Harlem that marks the edge of the yeah, world? Yeah, you know, it. you can't go to the cloisters. There's a river there now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry, sorry to the cloisters. You gotta wait for the, the cloisters. It was did that. Okay, wait, what did, did that happen at the at the end of Spider Man PS4? Or did I miss that? Like, what's the, <laughs> the uh, new river no showed up? More you, in New huh. York. There's a river okay. here. Yeah, huh. no, it's so here. That's like just like a one snapshot into like one of the things that I thought about constantly while this game was happening. I'll have like so much fun being Miles Morales. I have to like really want to just like shout out the voice actor for Miles, who's Naji Ajader. Fantastic work. As Miles, he's got this wonderful little nerd voice. <laughs> but once you put the mask on, you can feel the confidence come in. Like you're really oh, watching, cool. yeah. like what a kid, like learn that they're the class clown. You know, like it really feels like you're like watching someone learn something new about themselves. And that, and plus, like you get Miles's traditional powers in the comics, which means yes, you turn invisible. Yes, you like gain electricity powers, venom in the game, um, and like that just changes the pace of combat. From the and you get to watch Spider-Man him get so them. Much. Like it doesn't just jump yes. in in the way that Spider-Man PS4 did, where it was like everyone knows Peter Parker. Like we don't need to f- just skip into what's he been doing for a couple of years. Whereas, yeah. like Miles, you know, there's kind of a Miles Assange happening, like in, in you know with that character, but it is still relatively new. Where it is like it's deeply satisfying in in the game where you get to watch him like. You know, it's interesting to watch him do the Peter Parker arc, you know, like in his own way of like getting comfortable in in the job, in the role, discover, you know, like he discovers these powers randomly where like he, does, he doesn't understand how he triggers them and just like, whoops, like, <laughs> I'm invisible. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's incredibly charming. And the voice actor is a huge part 
of like yeah. selling like that yeah. like aspect of everybody the does a great performance but i think the voice actor for miles is really really wonderful i came away from this game loving miles and wanting to see the voice actor return for this performance again like i just loved him but the problem is the new york that miles exists in doesn't make any fucking sense so like the number mm-hmm. one thing that like, comes up again and like the the sony like um, insomniac like walked into the ways it doesn't make sense too like they directly walked into them and on the one hand this is a game that wants to be a very good spider-man game and make people love miles morales it succeeds in on every count i think in that way but it also wants to be a game that is sensitive to the political moment that we live in mm-hmm. and in there it'll just like walk right up to the issues that people are protesting against and then turn directly around and not even talk about them at all. There's a series of side quests you can do that will, you can get Spider-Man, you know, get Miles like a new Spider-Man suit, the Uptown Pride suit. It's really cool. It's yellow and black. I loved it a lot. But when it's gifted to you, it is gifted beneath a Black Lives Matter mural. What are the people who are protesting Black Lives Matter protesting against? Police violence. Who was Miles' dad? An NYPD officer. What was a thing that I personally chanted while marching in Black Lives Matter marches? How do you spell racist? NYPD. This is something the game just refuses to confront. The police like might as well be in a different universe. It's absolutely bizarre. It, it, so it's are they the same every single it's time. in the same universe as Spider-Man PS4 right. though? Like Spider-Man yeah. 4, PS4 was like very I mean, the a similar side quest that you're speaking to where you're like you're unlocking something in PS4 and in the, in, the uh, in Spider-Man PS4 was well you're like installing <laughs> <laughs> like watchtowers for the local police the so that yeah, they yeah, could track yeah. people. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. so, so actually, like on this on the time scale, like of of, of like relative, like in, in like Insomniac Spider Man world, like this is like a huge like leap forward in terms of yeah. like how they're even handling these issues. And which I, is are they just not? Basically, my question is like, do the cops just straight up basically not they show do up? Not talk. They show up. They do not talk to you. You cannot okay. interact with them. You yeah, can yeah. walk up to them and they'll just do a cop shooting animation. They will not register you. Sometimes um, they will say things like, oh, we don't know how this Spider-Man acts, but it like doesn't explain <laughs> the fact that you might as well just be in parallel universes slipping past each other. It's weird. It's really weird. In my early hours, like the cops kind of yell at Miles a lot. Um, admittedly, in the opening sequence, Miles is having Miles some <laughs> ad- <laughs> He's adjusting. He's got a big this. issue. <laughs> really bad. It's like the My, opening of a teen comedy from the 80s, except uh, on the scale of superhero <clears throat> stuff. The mass really destruction caused at yeah. Miles' expense. Dude, also, like, this is, it was good that, um, if we're talking about, okay, so you, you play the, uh, you know, you, you play on Xbox and you're like, I don't know, what are they doing with all this power? What's, what's it get you? Uh, like first remember just how glacial loading was in spider-man on ps4 and just like how endlessly that game would uh take like would labor over setting up the next sequence if you're playing on a launch ps4 Mm -hmm. uh this game like really does open with kind of a powerhouse uh set piece where it's just like we are going to throw so much money at your eyeballs uh Mm -hmm. in the first like 25 minutes of this game and you're not even going to see what's happening around you. It's going to happen so fast, but our machine can run at that speed and it's going to be like, just go for the throat seamless. It's and that so was kind moments. of a, Oh yeah. No, so many moments in gameplay, especially when you are just swarmed by enemies and then you trigger like everything, like so many moments where I know on my OG PS4, the PS4 slim that my David has, 
would just trip up this thing and I'd be sitting there waiting for the frames to catch up to me where it's just smooth as butter. Like, especially mm-hmm. with the effects from the Venom powers, which are like liquidy, like very flashy effects, like the the, the like liquid spray of electricity. Like you can tell it is an effect that takes some processing power. It, it, it nothing, nothing trips it up. The Actually, the only time I experienced frame rate issues was when I was using the Spider-Man suit, not with the mod that makes it run in 24 frames per second, just oh, the, the like Spider-Man the, Into the Spider-Verse <clears throat> Or the suit. Spider-Verse, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Spider-Verse suit, for some reason, that is that like made my PS5 like drop a couple of frames a couple of times. But like that's the only point. In terms of loading screens on this technical thing, I mean, it... It, I only really notice those things when they are particularly bad. I noticed them in P on Spider-Man because they were particularly bad. I would just mm-hmm. get on like fights in the group DM that I'm in like while I was waiting for things to load on the PS4 version. <laughs> With PS5, it's just like David was, you know, able to you know, do work next to me and like watch it like it was a movie, essentially. Right, it, right. It's beautiful. You know, like that's another thing, like the verisimilitude of the city and the fact that it is not interrupted by constant loading screens makes you feel like you're constantly being swept into this fantasy, swept into this beautiful version of New York. Like, I haven't been to Central Park since before the pandemic. Like, I haven't been to so many places in Manhattan that I love. David and I are like trying to plan our first visit to the Met since the pandemic started. Like I saw these places and they they look exactly like the places I've missed. And during holiday season, when the city looks so beautiful, like it really like brought tears to my eyes at a couple mm-hmm. of points. I miss it. I miss it so much. I thought like playing this game would be like about my nostalgia for the city. But then you just run into shit that doesn't make sense with the experience I've had living here. It's like the dedication to the material reality of New York is so on point that when you get to the emotional reality of what it's like to be a New Yorker, you just are completely taking out of the action. It's really, really weird. Uh, I didn't listen to the entirety of the Watch Dogs Legion uh, podcast that um, that I think it was what you, Rob, Austin, and uh, Galt was on yeah. that as well, yep. correct? Um, but I, I want to say like one of the things that came out of that was like, look, I think Spider-Man, Insomniac's Spider-Man universe is inherently conservative. Like, like the, there are just certain ways they're telling that story and the world they're constructing. Right. And part of that, part of that is related to Spider-Man as a character, um, like more broadly. But like. You you can see like the the constraints politically on like a, like a Wash like Legion that was made in 2016. You can see like where that game started and where it ends up over the course uh-huh. of like just the, the the way the production cycle of games of this scope. Right. And like there's a there's a way in which if that game comes out in 2017 or in 2016, you know, like oh wow, okay, this is. If you, yeah, if you look, if you look at stuff, Legion as a game that, seriously, but yeah, it is, it was, now it yeah. feels like it's behind the beat, you know? Right, right. Like a game that was started pre-production in like early, I think, uh, 2016 and then comes yeah. out in late 2020. You you see that. And, you know, Miles Morales also, I think, is a game that if you look at it as like, you know, uh, you know, my understanding is it started as like an expansion for the PS4 version um, and then morphed into something a little bit bigger for the PS5. Like, you can you can see like, oh, if that game was in development in 2018, that comes out in 2020. Like, you can see where it it where it clashes both against like the conservative nature of that universe to begin with and what it's understanding of what like the police's role is and like their participation with Spider-Man as a character in, in you know, alongside the fact that like, you know, the, 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 you know, the protests of the summer were just too late to be even incorporated or reacted to in the production cycle of, of a game like this. But even if that's true, like that, that may be the reality of the production cycle. It, it is nonetheless 
like that you the with your Gita's emotional reaction <sighs> to how that lands at, at the end of 2020, right after the, the election, um, is nonetheless true, regardless of how like the game gets there from a production standpoint. Well, it's not yeah, like think, Miles um, is a new character who hasn't had these these hasn't had to the writers haven't had to consider these sorts of issues before. For right, one of the big issues though with this game and dealing with Miles and everything that Miles's life in, entails in a DLC for a longer game is that a lot of the nuance has to be squeezed out of the plot. There are specific things I noted where I was like, that character's third act just happened off screen. Mm. Like this series of side quests really feel like they should be part of the main plot. There's right. a series, one of the best side missions in the game having to deal with Uncle Aaron and Uncle Aaron's relationship to Miles' father. It is a side quest that is revealed in the last third of the game and you're just like, this could have been the whole third act. And instead, right. we are just going rush straight to the finale. It's just like I, you understand the business reasons why this game is shorter, but it does a huge disservice to the story. And I think it will disappoint a lot of people. That's a, how long, I like a lot wait, of the side long? quests, a lot of the characters. I finished this, man. We, we gave me so much time to finish this. And then I finished this. Oh, God. How long did I play? Like a little over 10 hours, I would okay. say. Yeah, I would say so, 10 to Yeah, an expansion is, is not, not the wrong way. Not a particularly crunchy weekend. No, I didn't yeah. even touch it over the weekend. I finished it on that, that day, that Thursday, and then I wrote Shit. my review on that Friday. Like it, it I mean, is that's not in line a with like game. Lost Legacy, like the like yeah. that's roughly I mean, yeah. the size. It's exactly yeah. the size yeah. they said it would be. But if they were going to tell this story with right. all of these political ramifications, there's some shit you can see they could have just taken out of the story and just removed. Like Uncle Aaron, as much as we love him, Throwing him in this game means that it has to deal with the politics of incarceration on top right, of that. And they just right. fail. Like, it doesn't even bring it up, you know? Like, these are all <clears> things <throat> that, like, a black... Like, if they... It's not just that they wanted this game to be a Spider-Man game. You can tell that they want this game to be for black people. It is a representation of blackness. Like, Spider... the If I... You know, the, the journey for Miles is from being the other Spider-Man to being our Spider-Man. That collective, like, pronoun, our, meaning the people of Harlem people of Harlem being black people. You know, when you open it up, the game, you see him wearing, you know, the puffy jack with the fur on it and the mm -hmm. contrast lining. And he's listening to some fake hip hop song with a bunch of snare samples over the, the swelling strings of the Spider-Man theme. And you're like, they want this game to be black as fuck. Well, that means engaging with the political reality of blackness and the specific things they've brought up here. The Black Lives Matter movement cannot be effectively engaged within mm -hmm. 10 to 15 hours. It just can't. <laughs> or not these 10 to 15 hours, at least, yeah. right? Like a, a more yeah. one that actually said, I'm going to focus on that stuff probably could have yeah. done that. But then, yeah. no. Rob, yeah, I, I did kind of feel like one of the things skewing this game a little bit as well is it's in this weird place of it's following on from a really well-received uh, Spider-Man game that was also its own take on the character and the story and the setting. But then it also badly wants to, not just in the in terms of the costume that sort of calls out to, um, you know, into the Spider-Verse, but like... It also wants to evoke that, and I think this, like, I think that's the real reason why Uncle Aaron, like, has such a major, like, plot point here is that the game knows that Uncle Aaron means a lot to the people playing this game now, mm -hmm. and we sort of exist now in this alternate timeline where, like, he's the one who lives and remains a, uh, like, right. parental mentor two miles, and Jefferson mm -hmm. is is gone. 
Um, uh, Maddie Myers also noted to me that in the comics, the original version of the comics, Miles' father is not a cop. And that is something that was invented for Into the Spider-Verse. So that's another import from there. I'm not 100% on that. And I can like literally watch Austin Wacker Google this. Right yeah, I'm like, <laughs> why not? Let me just, let me just. Well, Maddie, you know, sure. I've been thinking about this You're telling me time. Jeff Davis wasn't a cop? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Stanley, are my father a doctor senator? Wasn't a cop? <laughs> um... But I, I think so. The game I think is is trying to sort of satisfy people who want to have a little taste of their, uh, you know, their miles uh, yeah. that that they have from Into the Spider Verse. But I also found so. Do you remember early on, right after Peter Parker is like, "Hey, man, um, I know you're learning a lot on the job, but uh, I gotta go." And, and also, like, no, you some- just truly fucked something up because you're new and you're still figuring yeah. it out but i think i need to go on vacation <laughs> i booked vacation tickets man they're non-refundable i gotta go you'll be fine uh. um but right after that so miles has this moment where he's like i'm spider-man like there's only one in new york right now i'm it and there's this cool moment he's on the rooftop the music comes up i don't remember what track it is but it's clearly trying to evoke the leap of faith uh, montage in, in the Spider-Verse. And I'm starting to feel it. Like I'm up there on the roof, like the beat kicks in. I'm like, yeah. And then bloop, open this menu screen and, mm-hmm. you know, trigger these unlocks. Bloop. Okay. Now you can activate this ability and um, and you, the music just drops down and you're like, okay, okay. But I really wanted to like, I was in a moment here. And like, after you go through the force tutorial, then it's like, all right, Ty, you're going to go swing through that city and the music comes back in at the full mix. But it did remind me as well of like games like this kind of can't get out of their own way. Like mm-hmm. it couldn't, it couldn't hold off on that video gamey moment long enough for you to just like have that beat where you're you're fucking spider-man and you're like soaring above the city and the music's the music's right that would have been cool but unfortunately we had to do some tutorial stuff there um it did feel like one of the things that is boxing in a game like this is it wants to evoke these cinematic moments that we all just had it's an enormously popular movie but also it's a Spider-Man game that has some kind of half-baked progression mechanics wedged into it. And it's got to like keep interrupting the action to make room for that. What was so funny to me, speaking of half-baked progression mechanics, is uh, the for the first third of the game, you know, it introduces you to this friendly neighborhood app. And then it's like, look at all the requests you can do on there. Check it out. And then as soon as you open the app one time and close it, Spider-Man will narrate to himself, ah, time to go on to the next mission. And then later on in the game, after I had just taken a break and been like, I'm tired of the story. I just want to do all the stuff on this app. I want to see the people of New York that I can meet. Um, Every time I would get to the next chapter, Miles would be like, time to check out the stuff on the Friendly Neighborhood app. And I'd look at it and it would have not repop, the Udo doesn't get repopulated after you finish them all. So I would just have not have any quests. <laughs> And then I would say, and he'd be like, well, I've done enough helping my fellow man. (laughs) (laughs) Man, Can you imagine how much help Spider-Man could do with like helping people move apartments? Oh my God. Like you're in a third floor walk up, like Spider-Man's your guy. Just like have him do like some netting underneath your window so you can shove everything out the window so you go down the stairs, right? That'd be perfect. You're done. That's it. That's it. Perfect. Yeah. Um, all right. Any other final Miles thoughts, or should we hit more PS5 stuff? 
It's good. Miles has a really cute love interest in this game. At least I hope she's a love interest. There's this deaf character, Haley, who's a street artist, and they did Miles can sign. They established that he took it at Brooklyn Visions Academy, which I think was very sweet. And they have like a very touching couple of moments that I just hope they bring her back. I just really hope they bring her back for whatever next game they do. I love her. Yeah. Um. All right, Patrick, you were starting something. What were you gonna say? Oh well, I would, I would say Miles is good, and <laughs> uh, you and know, I, I won't go Astrobot and Astrobot's his son. Yeah, I, I <laughs> uh, Astro's Playroom, uh, which can kind of get us to talking about the the PlayStation Five like itself a little bit more. Is is basically a tech showcase for the DualSense controller. Um, I, I would still like in in the grand scheme of things, the PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X and Series S are like part of the transition of gaming consoles just becoming like other devices in our lives, like iterative, you know, like the PS five has a faster hard drive. Like, you know, it, it had, you know, it, it has a lot of the similar things that the Xbox um, has. Um, but the, the places where it is um, a little more unique is like in the dual sense controller with, you know, the haptic triggers and the microphone and Astro's playroom, which is comes from the folks that did uh, Astro, you know, Astrobot uh, VR, and we, we mentioned this on a, on a podcast a week or so ago. Like, it's just a really good demonstration of like what this tech is that I think will probably end up getting ignored a year from now, other than in first party games. Um, like to to the to uh, to, to touch on Bug Snacks quickly, like that game just basically doesn't use it. Like Astro's Playroom, like makes the Dual Sense seem like it is like this magical toy in your hand. Like it, it is truly like impressive. Some of the things that it is doing to like convey the sense of like sand blowing or um, just going across a bridge and you feel like thunk, 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 thunk. Like it's so hard to explain that in words. Like when you hold that controller, it somehow makes it kind of magical to just walk across a bridge. Like it feels like you are walking across a bridge and then you play bug snacks and it's, more like how rumble is in general where it's like mm. occasionally it moves um yeah. and it, it's not doing anything of any particular nuance um and you know it strikes me it may be the equivalent of like the switches hd rumble where like it was so cool how you could feel marbles moving in your hands and then just no other game used that uh going forward um but uh yeah i, I yeah it's a it's a neat controller um but uh yeah, I don't. I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of use for it going forward. I mean, I guess you know, I expect Demon Souls might use it or something like that. But it's uh, it's hard to tell how much of that stuff is just G Wiz launch neat stuff, and like how yeah. much of that will actually be around long term, a year or two from yeah. now. Yeah, totally. I, that that stuff sounds so good. Like I'm, I'm seeing some of those videos come out of the controller, or seeing some of the stuff from Astro's Playroom seemed just like that's a. You know, if if Rob is positioning the Xbox as being more of the same, but in a way that's like sort of complementary, like oh yeah, like it it just does the thing. The the Dual Sense seems very much like the splashy next gen feeling thing. If people continue to use it, who knows? Uh, but but yeah, and you can't um, turn it off. I should say, like for accessibility reasons, like oh. uh, you know, a lot of people have you know, including myself, have focused on like how cool it is and i think it is interesting and additive but it is not you can't turn it off no you can you can oh, you, you can, can turn all that stuff okay. off you can play Astros i was Playroom. very confused okay oh okay. sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah no, no, you can okay. turn all that stuff off it is it is it is not something that's like required to play astro's playroom i think astro's playroom is a is a totally fine and good and interesting and enjoyable platformer um like even if you kind of strip that stuff out and but it is not the case and like, it's a pack able to it's a right? pack and yeah it's free that's cool um yeah and, you, you know, I got probably eight hours of it. I did everything you could. You know, I collected everything. Right. Um, I didn't do all the trophies because a lot of it was like 
here are hidden trophies, go do something gimmicky in a level. But I mean, it was the case where it was like, um, I ended up using some of the new interface stuff in the PS5 where I would collect, you know, nine out of 10 of the collectibles. And it's like, I just want to get this last one. And when I, fir- when we first got the PS5, none of the hint stuff was in there yet. And then maybe a week later that started populating in some of the games. And so it's like, I, you know, hit the PlayStation button, like brought up these activity tabs and it was like, Hey, you're in this level, which means you're probably trying to collect, you know, the rest of these little, uh, uh, bits that are, are, are contained in the stage. Like, do you want some help doing that? It's like, okay. So I click that and it's like very confusing to figure out like how to get through like the layers of menus. I've like, I have real problems with just the interface design of the PS5 in general. It shouldn't be that hard to turn it off. And instead like mm. it is like, on the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4, you just held down their center buttons yeah. and would bring up the ability to turn it off. Yeah. You cannot do that on the PlayStation 5. You have what do to you get you you tap so if you hold down the PlayStation button, it brings you back to the main UI. Um if you if you press it, if you tap it once, it brings up like a control center sort mm-hmm. of thing where it's like at the bottom you can customize like various things like do you want uh streaming to like a streaming trigger to be here do you want your notifications to be here like there are different options for like you know based on none of that is turn this off it is but it's all the way at the end so it's like you tap the playstation button tap down and then hit left to like go all the way to the right and then turn it off it's like it's a small it's a small thing but it's like indicative of like larger like interface issues with the PS5 in general, where it feels like they took a Photoshop file and then turned it into an <laughs> interface. Someone was like, this looks cool. And it's like, yeah, that does look cool. And then when you use it, you're like, oh, like we introduced prop, like issue, like friction for right, things right, we've already right. solved in the past. And I, I guess they'll, that'll get fixed. And like the, that power, I think that power thing is going to become one where like a lot of people raise their hand and get annoyed and, and they'll find a, a way around it. Um, but anyway, it's like kind of confusing to like get through the different layers of the interface. But what, Ultimately, you can like get that little video to snap to the side of the screen. And I was able to watch the little Astrobot, like, you know, walk around, find the thing I was looking for, and I was able to collect it. What I actually ended up doing was often I don't want the full solution. I just want like a hint of like, I don't want to look around this whole goddamn level. I just want to kind of know, like, hey, man, just like, go poke around over like in this section with the vines and then right. that'll give me like a, a more contained space. So that's what I ended up doing was often the, the videos would start in the area you're supposed to look at. So all I wanted to do was just like pull up the video, see, oh, okay, they're saying explore over there. And so then I'd go over there and then I would be able to have the satisfaction of finding it for myself, but narrow down the space in which um, I was looking, which is often what I would do with YouTube videos too. It's just like, I just kind of want to know where to poke my head around. And so I found that to be really satisfying and had me, you know, allowed me to then find everything um, which I, you know, I think Astrobot, like often Nintendo's games, makes the act of finding collecting things like very pleasurable and enjoyable, um, and is like satisfying in and of itself. Even if the thing that you find is like whatever, Just although the things you find in Astro's yeah. Playroom are pretty cool. You're finding like all these like, high res, it's high res models of like various PlayStation accessories going back mm. to the PlayStation One. So it's like, yo, you want to flip around this high res 4K memory card? It's like, yeah, I actually, do. actually I do. <laughs> and they find <laughs> accessories that, you know, like a multi-tap and like, I almost don't even want to spoil it because they go yeah, so yeah, yeah. deep in, um, uh, in terms of nostalgia. There's some really fun surprises for, if you're familiar with the history of PlayStation, there is a, a lot of that stuff hidden. Yeah, I was watching the the Giant Bomb, Brad and Jeff play through one of those those levels and there's lots of like little, little, 
PlayStation history nods to games and hardware and stuff where I'm like, huh, is this the first system where they've been able to leverage this as a nostalgia thing? Because hundred percent, hundred percent, generation. 100%. Like I, I, like I really genuinely do don't, yeah. like don't want to spoil like the yeah, discovery of it, it ex- ex- except stuff. to just say that like you think it can't go deeper, and then they just go a little bit deeper. You you quote unquote beat the game, and then there's like another thing that happens, and then they're like, no, we can go deeper. And wow. like the okay, like one of the references they save for the end is like such a it's such a deep cut that like it's really delightful if you've been okay. you know following games for, for cool. as long as some of some of us have um i'm trying to think what else i would say like because i uh on like the 4k points so, like this is the first time that i like i have a a, a 4k tv and you have I, you've I'm, now have the setup where your eyes can see the 4k well so yes and no right okay. so what happened specifically like you turn on a PS5, and I think you know Rob spoke to this um, with you know he has a 4K TV as well. Um, when you just That's turn it on, like <laughs> uh, uh, it doesn't like there's nothing about like I turned it on and like started playing like Bug Snacks or even Miles Morales and went like, damn, 4K is here. I if you told me it was if you told me I had the settings wrong and it was 1080p, like I would have believed you. Um, what happened was I was trying to capture footage from Astro's Playroom and. So I like, you know, reconfigured my my office, like got the capture um, like I wanted to just capture it on my computer. So I didn't have to like capture on the PS PS5's uh, video stuff, put it on a USB drive. Like I just wanted to skip that step. So I had it passing through a capture box. And so I'm playing Astro's playthrough or playroom. And uh, a couple minutes in, I'm like, it's like something up with my TV. Like it's new. I don't really maybe there's like a setting that's off. Um, and if you go into the settings, you can see like what it's outputting. And I realized it was outputting at 1080p. I was like, oh, shit. Like, I can tell. I was like, I was able to tell the difference between 1080p mm. and, and 4K. Um, I still ultimately don't think it's, like, a huge deal. I think most people are going to choose performance over resolution. But it was one of those instances where I was like, oh. Like, I've tr- tried to convince myself that I couldn't tell the difference, that it's one of those things. Like, it's no <clears> big <throat> deal. Um, and I, I remain, I stand by that it's not that big of a deal. But it is true that like I was able to meaningfully tell the difference, and it and it and it, and it bugged me. Um, <laughs> and the thing that gets Okada, were you going to say something? No, I just chuckled. Oh. That um, bugged you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is because I've tried. I've tried a little in ignorance because now I have one TV in my house. It's 4K, but everything right. else is not. And I don't think it's going to bug me because the moment you connected, I would connect my PS5 to a 1080p set and be like, okay, like. I don't sit here look, looking right. at it and go, I've entered the ugly zone. <laughs> that's, really, that's really the thing, too, is that there are more pixels on that 4K TV, so the da- scaling it down, you're going to notice those that so, irregularity more. So this is, so, ah, yes, so this, is, this is where I found, this is where the annoying huh. stuff came up. So um, the, the way that like backwards compatibility works on PS5, where it's like, correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, maybe you know this more because you've used the Xbox more, is like, Almost by default, a lot of games are getting like boosts on the Xbox, and that's just not happening on the PS5. There is a boost mode, and then some games are getting patches, which is uh, patches and stuff are also like it's not clear to me how all this is working. But it's like you put in Bloodborne, and Bloodborne doesn't just become sixty frames a second. Like Bloodborne just looks like Bloodborne. It looks as it is. It's the same thing on PS5, even though it was the first thing I put in because I was hoping some sort of magic would happen. But like, nope, that's just Bloodborne, which is still great. Um, but um. I put in God of War, which has a performance mode and a resolution mode. And in performance mode, it uncaps the frame rate. And from what I understand, 
on PS4 Pro, it meant it could get to like 40 to 50 frames a second. And then on the PS5, it can hit like pretty consistently 60. And then there's a resolution mode that it's going to set it up to, to 4K. Well, that 4K mode, that that frame rate is just, you know, I'm not a frame person. I've, yeah, I've played consoles all my life until like relatively recent in my uh, gaming history. And so I've just played a lot of console games that just have shitty frame rates and it just it just didn't bug me. It just is what it is. But you'd play the, the 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 resolution mode, and it looks really sharp. But I can just tell that it's fr- it's framing along. And I was like, all right, well maybe I'll just go to the the resolution the performance mode, and you know I'd rather have the sixty frames anyway. Well, as Kato said, now that I'm playing it on a four K set, well that just looks like shit. Um, <laughs> And I'm exaggerating, but it's like the contrast between the two because you can just switch between them. Like I'm just going to the options, switching to resolution, going to the options, switching to performance. And it's just like, it's pixelated. Like it just, I, it just, it looks jaggy. Like I'm not digital foundry. Like I'm not, I don't have the vocabulary. It's like fully, I just like, I look at it and go like, I don't want to play this. And then I go into the resolution mode and I was like, well, I don't want to play this either. Oh no. <laughs> so, I <ended> up just, <laughs> so I ended up just turning off God of War and being like, I don't want to engage with any of this. Whereas then I could connect the PS5 to my 1080p set and I was like, "Oh, this looks normal because like uh-huh. it's it 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 it's it's not creating that extra disparity that like Kato is speaking to that I've never encountered because this is my first time like seeing what like 4K does to like different um games and how and whereas then you play Days Gone, a game I did not like very much, um, but I that remember. game got yeah I, yeah I think that game was like uh, mean and cruel and bad yeah. in in ways that um really frustrated me. <laughs> I can't think of that game without thinking with the long letter you got about i it <laughs> i have i read a i read a lot of articles and um and I still every couple of months get someone very upset about days gone and they never just write like fuck you it's always like fuck you but also and then like fuck you in like twelve hundred <laughs> words. And it's just strange why Days Gone has has uh, prompted that response. Uh, Part of it is probably because I was like, some you know, sometimes you throw the venom at a game, and like that was a game where I, I threw the venom at it, and so it's probably you know sparking an immediate response. But um, that game got a really big update for the PS5, and that game looks fucking gorgeous. It looks like a native PS5 game. Like it runs it, it runs at 4K, it runs at 60 frames a second. Like I've spent several hours playing Days Gone just to be like this looks awesome. And actually this is like enough to like, well, I don't remember how much I disliked this game. Maybe I could just see where the story goes from here. Um, Cause I liked a couple of the characters. All right. Wow. Um, so then you see the disparity between like a team. Um, whereas like God of war, like they're, they're clearly in full production on like a God of war, you know, Ragnarok, like, you know, like they're, they, they didn't spend the time to like fully update God of war for, for PS five. But when you see that, and then you see days gone where they took the time to really polish that up for PS5. Like, the disparity there is, like, really wide. Um, whereas, like, I found myself, like, poking around at Days Gone, despite not particularly liking the game. In God of War, a game I did like quite a bit and really enjoyed the combat, I was like, well, this hurts my eyes. Um, I don't want to I don't want to do this. So, I mean, it's like, it's because it's in a weird in-between spot, right? Um, and, and different games are getting different levels of polish for you know, the generational switch. Um, it's just like a weird thing I, I, I noticed where the, the 4K stuff didn't bother me in Astrobot. I could live if that TV just turned to 1080p. But because of the way 4K displays work, God of War just like ended up looking like a real eyesore or had a frame rate that like tangibly right. impacted my ability to like want to engage with the combat. 
that seems like something they need to get ahead of because like God of War feels like one of those games. I think we've all done the thing where be it speakers, be it like PC upgrade, you get a new piece of kit and you're like, I'm going to take something I know really well and I liked and see how yeah. it is. Yeah, so, yeah it came, you know, crisis or like I remember yeah. a big thing um, years ago was like Bioshock, like, you know, that game, you know. I think we all know how we think about Bioshock, like, like the arc of that series. But mm-hmm. like, that game could it look even oilier. It looks good, <laughs> and especially that opening air, airplane scene. Like so many of my friends, when they'd get a new GPU, was like install Bioshock and like watch it run at like sixty frames a second for the first time. Like in those opening sequences where you get to Rapture, and like there is a bit of that where like because these machines are being treated kind of like PCs or phones, your expectation is. Because yeah. it happens in different ways. It's like, oh, this is basically, I've bought a graphics card upgrade. I'm going to play right. the old game, right. and it's going to look better, and it's going to be, like, shiny and new. Maybe like, got a war, and it's like, mm, no, like, not really, actually. And then you play Days Gone, it's like, no, actually, like, this is it. Like, what you ha- what what they're kind of selling you, like, uh, conceptually, happened here. You have bought a new graphics card, and Days Gone looks, like, Sick as shit now, but this then is play. the way Days Gone was meant to be appreciated. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> you can um, play off-brand Walking Dead: Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> yes, um, miserable. So that inconsistency is just—I it, it struck me. Um, and then you have like something where in the middle, like Ghost of Tsushima, where uh, right. it got it got a patch. It goes to sixty frames a second. Um, and again, I'm not Digital Foundry, so I, I, I'm speaking from ignorance here. But like Days Gone looked really sharp. Um, Ghost of Tsushima ran really fast, but didn't look as sharp. Um, and then you had God of War, where it just felt like, ah, eh, here you <laughs> Here's go. Here's two modes. Um, Neither of yeah. them work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, the performance will work for people who like really, um, want that that you know the frame rate. Like it does, it does what it says. Um, it's sort of like I wanted, I wanted something in between. I was like, I would like the resolution, please, but also <laughs> like at a decent frame rate. Um, and so, you know, again, I'm not someone that plays older games. I tend to just kind of move forward. And so I am not, um, you know, I can't speak to that, you know, fully, but in my experience of trying to engage with that stuff for the purposes of reviewing the hardware, I found that inconsistency to be really jarring, um, um, across, you know, multiple first party games where you think they'd be getting kind of the most amount of, uh, attention. Yeah. I just wanted to ask y'all here like who have the ps5 for me like where i came out of this this pre-release window is the thing i will say about the ps5 is it does feel like a new console it does feel like a new platform i think that's largely down to things like the controller things like astro's playroom and things like miles where like there are things i can look at with the ps5 and be like that's new and admittedly it's benefiting from comparison with the ps4 which never really had the horses even the ps for pro was kind of like putting a bandaid on that problem. But like, I look at the PS five and I'm like, I can see what that does. Is it enough to be worth the price? I don't know, but it does feel like a cool new thing to me. And I'm curious if y'all had that feeling or, or if it was underwhelming just as a piece of kit. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm curious, you know, as I'm curious how you felt about this. Um, like, did, did you just dump in miles and it, it felt like a next gen, you know, like where, where did you kind of fall in this question? I mean, 
Yeah. Or did you just not give? Did you like just I just not give a shit I mean, at all? Unless there is something that is specifically next Jenny to me, I do yeah. not notice it. Like this, I right. looked at these two boxes when they were announced, and I'm like, this is a battle of two pre-built PCs, essentially. Sure, right. Pre-built PCs with native HDMI output to for television. So like, it, it I. I felt the controller and was like, this is a new controller. I tried to absorb what would feel different. Yes, lack of loading screens. Yes, there is like a better draw distance in the Miles Morales game, I think. You know, there's there's these tiny little differences between this and my PS5. It's still incredibly loud, I found. <laughs> like a really loud box. Just, you know, I do not feel like... We are at the point where the technological differences between these boxes is so incremental that it's really difficult for me to for me to be able to pinpoint what the, the differences are. You know, when it goes to like even just the visual output, I don't have a big like a good enough setup just in terms of my living room to really understand what the visual differences are. You know, I think you're most people though, right? Like yeah. that's like that was one of the reasons like I tried to play the PS5 on a 1080p set because it's like all right, so I've decided to you know make this leap alongside with this console, but you know, and I'm sure these will drive 4K adoption. Like, you know, 4K TVs are just, you can't avoid them. If you don't yeah. want to buy a 4K TV, like that's just like tough shit. Like, like it's just yeah. going to be in, in all, even the tiniest of TVs over the course of like, you know, the, the next year, if not yeah. already having swallowed the lineups. But like TVs are not something people replace like until they break or, yeah. you know, just a, an especially good, like most people are going, I think are going to buy these boxes with their, the TV they had before and 1080 and it's going to be it's going to be one of the yeah it's i don't i I, there's but even if you have it like i said i I noticed it because i saw it switch but if you had told me it i it's only because i did essentially like a comparison i was like i was playing astro's playroom in 4k and then 10 minutes later i was doing it in 1080p right had i started on uh, with just the 1080 like i don't know that i would have sat there and gone like well this shit's fuzzy (laughs) i feel like you know i was thinking about what someone should buy I can't come up with a reason to buy one of these new pre-built PCs if you already have a different pre-built PC in your house. But if you've never built one of these pre-built PCs before, I would get the one that comes with the discounted subscription to all the games you missed out on. (laughs) Well, especially if you have like a launch PS4, Xbox One, those things are so fucking long in the tooth. Like they just game, like, you know, one of the last major games, Marvel's Avengers, like, Ran like dog shit on like both <laughs> yeah. of those machines, um, and you know even Marvel's Avengers on on my PS4 Pro like that and Last of Us were so made the the jet engine of that Pro so loud that I was putting on headphones instead of you know uh, listening out of like my nice soundbar, and so it's like I I can see being in a place where you have these old you know it's truly been seven years <clears throat> like mm-hmm. this is like a, yeah. a meaningful upgrade, and I, yeah. if you have to pick Especially- between the two. What I noticed right. when I picked up the PS, uh, when I got the PS5, the immediate reaction David and I had was, oh, we can get rid of one of our PS4s because we yeah. moved in together <laughs> and yeah. we both have a PS4. And like, if we get both of our accounts set up there, then someone can keep the the newer, more recent PS4 and play games in the office while I play games in the living room because we'll have backwards compatibility for all our PS4 games. So like, it makes sense for like a situation like that. These are like very situational boxes, you know, it's like where mm-hmm. is what I'm coming down to. It's like, yep. they've created these new boxes because they're... There are like technological differences they want you to be able to put into these new boxes, but we're not going to see like the same. I don't know, under think that we will see the same kind of rush and urgency to buy them unless you are in very specific situations. Like if you got into gaming during the lockdown 
and you want a better gaming system, there's there's a box that will fill that need for you. Or if you have, you know, your super old PS4 and you want to play the new PS5 games and be able to access the rest of your PS5 library as well, then there's a box for you. But there's, it's more like, it, it seems like, yeah, like more like TVs coming out now is what they have in common with, where there's new TVs that do newer things and have more features, but you're not- And you're not sure which one to buy. They yeah. all kind of look the same. Yeah. And then you're, then you're Rob and you're like looking at like 8,000 tabs to figure yep. out which one you should buy. Ooh. And it's, you know, like in my review of the PS5, I wrote like, it's like the last time I bought a machine and it was like, like a whoa moment was like, like the Wii, like playing Wii Sports for the first time was like the, the and the, there's a little bit with that, the, the Switch and maybe Nintendo will just be the company that kind of like carries this forward. But like, we just don't live in a world, like so much has been settled on like, this is just how games are. This is the interface that we have chosen. The like, this, there are certain standards that are sort of like setting in for the, for the medium in terms of like, just how we interface with them to some, to some degree. And so that just means that, yeah, like, okay, that's what we've agreed upon is how this works. And so thus- these are just PCs in a box and not right. much is changing because, you know, people don't want it to change. They just yeah. want the box to run better. Which, which I is, will. again, is, is a sea change in the way people are thinking about consoles or, or it could be a sea change in the way that people think about right. consoles. The generational shifts moving over towards what a generational shift looks like in other consumer electronic devices, which is to say there are, can be still – there can still be noticeable changes, especially across two or three generations. You know, I think when you compare whatever the PS6 is going to look like in five or seven or eight years to the PS4, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is clearly – there's a huge difference there. If all machines get that, what is that, a DSL? I'm fucking this up. Like yeah, the, what's up? What are you, the, what are you the, talking about? The what AI stuff that's in the NVIDIA cards. Like, oh, that, like essentially can. Yeah, they can fake 4K right, for you, right, like, right, like, and like start getting and you a bunch of this stuff. It's frequently better than actual native 4K. Um, right, like yeah. I, I, ex, I ex, like, will you be right. shocked if like the the PlayStation Five Pro and the whatever, or like that's what's in those boxes? Is like, ah, actually, well, this turns out 4K is super taxing, and so we're gonna do this shit for free with these new cards. So when you get the Xbox uh, box, very prominently on the front of it is 8K, and <laughs> one of the subplots, not to like, uh, Aram, I'm sorry, like, I'm not putting you on blast, but one of the fun subplots of this review cycle has been uh, Aram Jabari over at PlayStation trying to figure out whether or not we all received HDMI 2.1 cables or not. Mm. And my suspicion is we did because that is what the, uh, that we is did. It's apparently. Been, well, it was a question. I was like, HDMI, you need HDMI 2.1 cables to take advantage of certain like, uh, like features of HDMI this is, 2.1. These are the features. This is where I'm going. Yes. You yeah, need okay, HDMI 2.1 because that's the only way to get 4K at 120 frames per second or 8K at 60 frames per second. I uh, don't question, know. Like, yeah. What? What? Does, is there anything <laughs> at launch that does either of those things? I believe, I believe the only, I could be wrong, but I believe Ori and the Will of the Wisps is the only game that does the 120 frames a second. I think, I think that's true. What sort of, uh, correct, I, does <laughs> my TV, Uh huh. not my monitor, which I know oh, what my monitor's refresh rate, my yeah. TV probably doesn't do that, does no. it? No. No, no but. No, certainly not. So, if I had. Do my um, eyes? My eyes do that. <laughs> they would. Maybe. Uh, 
Up to what? You, what? Yeah, one twenty? Mandatory upgrades? Should I get? New yeah. Lives? You remember when that fucking Hobbit movie came out and everyone was freaking out about that? People could tell. Yeah, people could tell. Okay. 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 <laughs> yeah, but that went bad because it wasn't your eyes that were getting upgraded. It was the frame rate, and it was like all this looks like shit. Everything. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. It turns out you, you see more frames, you realize that prosthetics are fake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I think this is the thing: is these consoles are like, and here is the next frontier. It's 4K 120 frames per second and 8K something or other. And I'm like, I don't like these Oof. consoles have these stats on them that I'm pretty sure will be effectively dead letters for the life of the console. Right. Um, Unless DLSS rolls in and changes everything. Well, and also and also, like, I think you need a real new TV to get that 120 (laughs) frames um yeah so it's it's just it's it's in a weird place where these consoles imply they have a certain degree of headroom that like there's no way we're going to see on the current cross-generation games right but i am kind of curious like how much of that headroom is ever actually going to be realized when when am i ever going to encounter an 8k source who's gonna give me an 8k source good question no one mind Uh, you uh, i want one what <laughs> I know you Grand do. Turismo. Christopher Nolan released Tenet in 8K. Oh my god. <laughs> Fuck off. So I can watch it in Fortnite like I meant to. <laughs> um, well, 8K, if you're watching it in Fortnite, then there's then enough detail right, that you can actually... Right, right. You can't see it, but your fucking Fortnite character can. And give, you gotta believe in your Fortnite character, give your Fortnite character the best experience they can have. Wait, I thought of something important. We should go back to Spider-Man. How does new Peter Parker look? He looks I exactly, got over extremely quickly. <laughs> he looks exactly like the person that I was seeing right before I meet, met David, who oh my God. broke up with me <laughs> over text on his birthday while I was getting ready to go to his house, telling Yikes. me that he wasn't ready to be in a relationship with anyone, and then started dating his current wife two weeks later. So I was very happy when he exited from the story early. <laughs> Is his current wife Mary Jane Watson? <laughs> <laughs> no, but she I, is a shitty writer. So <laughs> damn. <Whoa>. <laughs> <Interact>. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, okay. Um, I will say, uh, new Peter Parker, both MK and I noticed, um, and I think this is the I think this is probably Evans' influence somewhere in, in that project. New Peter Parker, you can say a lot about him. Incredible ass. Uh, <laughs> Dick Grayson esque, really. Yeah. Congrats, um, Peter Parker. For sure, for sure. Yeah. I do also All caked say, up on a Wednesday afternoon. I texted, I texted Evan this while I was playing. I was watching Spider-Man in the puffy jacket with a random Adidas, the, the what are mm-hmm. those shoes. And yeah. I was like watching him swing around. I was like, why didn't they just put it? They had to give him Adidas. Why didn't they, they put him to be in the slides? Right, why put him in the slides? Put him in the why slides. Put him in the slides. That's, you know, if, you, if he uh, has to wear Adidas, Miles, put him in the slides. Downloadable, downloadable outfit free. Yes. Slides plus like bathrobe plus like yes. a bathrobe a little bit too big. Like, mm, yeah, please. with a cat in his arm. 100 percent holding the cat going out. I mean, the like problem is what we're cat. actually talking about. This is an Uncle Aaron outfit is the problem. Yeah. This is a grown man outfit. Miles is yeah. not a grown man. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that's why they didn't give him the I slides. Texted, but, I did text Evan and he texted good. back in all caps. Too black. Too black. <laughs> <laughs> On the record, Evan, we got you. Sorry, I'm a journalist. Should have known. <laughs> Should have known. God, the slides are so good. Um, 
a real actually important last question here. I'm looking at the launch library. I know we can't talk about Demon Souls because none of us have it yet, I believe. Unless unless Patrick's been lying to me and secretly playing and, and no, loving no, Demon Souls without no, telling I was, me. I would not be able to keep <laughs> that from you. Why okay, where is our Godfall coverage? I need to know about the looter slasher. So the slasher the stat- leader, <laughs> status of the status of Godfall. Believe me, I've I've been going out of my way. Uh I need I need Kato to, <sighs> to cover this game. He's God been damn it. he's got six articles to write about Godfall. Fuck. Um and um yeah, we're starting a wiki and a guides section of Kato <laughs> Godfall. Yes. Um No, I yeah, I, you know, th- this is so God, the status of Godfall is the status of a lot of other games at this moment, which is that those third party games are just coming in extremely hot. Um right like the the Godfall folks uh reached out to me and we're like, "Hey, we're getting ready to, you know, you know, let people play Godfall. Like, can we send you a, a box of something with a PC code? And I was like, what if not box um, and PS5 code? And they're like, well, not sure. And I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, the, you know, this yeah. made a big, they made a big ass deal about like, tweeting out like they'd manufactured a disc and then can't send uh, a code because probably like a lot of folks, they going gold means nothing. And then yeah. you're polishing to the last possible second in order to put out a patch. That's going to actually uh, finalize the game, you know, or, uh, NBA 2k, um, which had a really spectacular trailer showing off how that game is supposed to look on these new boxes. And I filled out a form to get a code at a, at a later date. Um, oh. so, but don't worry. They said the PC stuff will be available first. So Kato, you'll be in luck. As someone not with one of these new boxes yet, you will still be able. You Great. will not be able to come an excuse to not uh, cover. God damn it! Hell yeah, Kato's our Godfall correspondent. We need oh you to report from the front. The early I loot know. returns are incredible here in Godfall. <laughs> Strong showing from the Contreras demographic. What is the Waukesha County of uh, Godfall? Uh, we're waiting on these Milwaukee returns, uh, but it looks like all of the loot boxes are still locked up. We don't have the keys. There is the the county registrar has the key, but she hasn't come in yet. We don't know where she is. We think she's just taking a nap. We're trying to get a hold of her, get her her loot box keys. Uh, we'll be back hopefully with some some more information about that uh, after the break. We're gonna go to Steve Kornacki, uh, to look at the map uh, and. Just uh, wire on Ubisoft and rip fuel. <laughs> Pulling up a Ubisoft map of collectibles. Steve Kornacki <laughs> trying to get all the banners in an Assassin's Creed game. Uh, oh, trying to figure Jesus out the most uh, the most elegant loot run or whatever, you know? Get, get all my, my crafting mats. Um, I guess I very <laughs> See, what quick- the Democrats did wrong with this election is they stuck critical path and they had no ground game to go, go get the side quests. You got so the they side were quest. underleveled for the boss. <laughs> <laughs> What's the raid? Now, I think that they're going to sneak out the win against the boss. However, there's a lot left on the table uh, during the raid itself. There's these optional encounters, and they couldn't bring together what they needed for those optional encounters. So they're not going to get the maximum result from this raid success. Yeah, they they missed a lot of optional chests, which yep. means that the loot that you could it could have made yep. you just more powerful along exactly. line, make further future raids easier for you. It, it's fine but, to complete the public event, but what you really want is to complete the heroic version of the public yes, event. Yes, That's yes. how you get the you rewards. Trigger the heroic that, version. You gotta trigger the heroic version. <laughs> Look, there's going to be 
in the coming weeks, there are going to be postmortems on Discord uh, as the Wager <laughs> tries to figure out what went wrong, who is invited on the next one, uh, who will be given the wrong information about when the raid is happening, uh, who will be politely invited to raid with someone some else. Some of the leaders in this raid team uh, talk about using stasis and the power of the darkness in order to further their success in some of the areas that they missed out. Well, I mean, the other members of the team might think that further entrenching themselves in the power of light will actually have a greater benefit in the future. Uh, Look, Robbie Robbie Mook is here explaining uh, how this weapon is still in the meta. He doesn't understand why you're complaining about him bringing it. He's done the theory crafting, Rob. He's looked at all the stats. He knows. Look at his calculations. He's a data-driven uh, raid leader, and he's got he's to get us there. <laughs> Talk about Fuck game off. theory. Uh, very, <laughs> very, very, very briefly. I've been playing Yakuza like a dragon. I don't know if it's Yakuza Seven. Is it Yakuza Seven? I think it's just. I think it's just Yakuza like a dragon. Like a dragon. Um, um, I'm going to talk more about it on Monday because we've already gone so long today. Uh, but reviews are up for that, so I wanted to at least quickly speak up. Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think this game has really bad pacing and i say that someone who likes yakuza game pacing which is slow pacing uh i think like the rpg stuff is neat for the for people who don't know that's a it's the first time that the series has totally moved away from kiryu to a new protagonist uh who is another yakuza dude um uh, named uh kagura ichiban uh his name really is ichiban his given name um who is like you know born in a soap land uh uh which is like of like a uh, kind of sex worker bathhouse uh, raised by that, by like the community, then raised by the Yakuza uh, does the thing that happens in all these games, which is takes the fall for a crime. He didn't commit to protect his mentor and his, and his family, his, his Yakuza family comes out of jail and 20 years later, the world has changed. He's been left behind. His old, his old loyalties seem to have fallen through. Uh, and then he winds up in a new town. Um, and the bulk of the first, like, open area of this game, like when you're in the game for real after the kind of opening tutorial stuff, is you as a, you living in a homeless camp. Um, and the the pitch on this game is very much, this game feels in some ways like a response to the positive response that some of the stuff in Yakuza 0 around like sex work and <clears throat> the dominatrix quest um, and some of the more like social commentary stuff was because this is that like all the way dialed all the way up. The big meta plot right now is that in the town that this game takes place in Yokohama, there is a group called Bleach Japan, which is trying to get rid of all of the gray zones in Japan, which is like they're trying to shut down Hamsterdam, right? They're trying to shut down. Uh, they're trying to make sure there's no paper bags for your 40. They're trying to like get rid of all of the loopholes that let people uh, you know, have have pay sex workers for 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 sex, or uh, you know, have have um uh other sorts of just kind of like, um, I'm looking for like a word, but like anything that would fall under like the vice category of a police uh department, basically, uh, drugs, sex, you know, uh, certain bars and stuff. Um, and that group is this like political action committee that it has in, uh, a great deal of influence because their former leader is now a major politician. And so they're like marching around Yokohama, like with a megaphone shouting at sex workers and shouting at, at brothels. Um, and your character and your party, which ends up being 
uh, the main party for the beginning of the game, at least, is uh, a a or kind of the ones that they're showing in the trailers. I'll just say is your dude who's an ex yakuza, a homeless dude you meet who is a nurse who got fired for stealing drugs and selling them, um, a former cop who got demoted and then fired for chasing corruption inside of the police, uh, and then a a uh, a hostess from like a, a hostess club whose sister was a or is a prostitute uh, as a sex worker for one of the kind of businesses you end up working with. And all that stuff is to say, like, it really wants to say something about homelessness and about the re- the reasons the margins exist and the reason the ways in which that's produced by society and people. There's lots of like long lectures about how like homeless people don't <clears throat> choose to be homeless and it's not as simple as they can go get a job. And there's a point where you go to a job center to try to get a job and they're like, well, where do you live? We need an address to to even get you hooked up in a, in a temp agency and like, well, I don't have an address right now. And all right, well, fuck off, basically. There's all sorts of stuff around like, well, why does someone turn to sex work? And how are the ways in which the sex workers are pushed there by society and then taken advantage of by shitty, you know, shitty managers in this in this soap land? But also is he kind of giving them a home and da-da-da-da-da? And none of it really lands. All of it is like all of it is like through this filter where you can tell that their end goal is a game in which you're supposed to, in which they think these parts of society are natural and are coming under attack in a way that is undeserved, or if not natural, is like, you know, it is good that there is sex work in the world, right? And I think on paper that stuff is good, but every lecture that happens is just like a little off. Um so like, for instance, the homelessness one, there's a point at which one of the characters is like, you don't get it. People aren't homeless just because they, they uh, you know, don't want to go get a job. It's because they don't have the willpower to go get a job. And they don't have the willpower because the society is like cut them off and they're sad about their families and they feel like they fucked up. And it's like, OK, but wait, you said they didn't. They're not going to get a job because they don't want to, not because they don't want to, but because they don't have the willpower to. That's not that distinct. You didn't really shift to talk about societal issues. You just kind of said they don't want to in different words. And that's the sort of way in which a lot of this ends up being tackled. Um, you know, and they're just weird things are like you meet a shitty pimp, basically a guy who runs one of these soap lands, which are like bathhouse brothels. And he's just a piece of shit. And the main characters constantly like return to this or the main dude specifically is like, no, I think he actually cares. I think in his heart, he really cares about these women. Like over and over again, he's just a profiteering piece of shit who does not come across as someone who secretly has a heart, but the game keeps trying to sell you him as a secret good guy. Um, And that's on top of just like, I don't know that the combat stuff is as good as it should be. I miss the dynamism of Yakuza, previous Yakuza games. There's no heat actions. You're not slamming dudes' faces into soda machines or into trunks. Um, uh, I'm going to keep playing it a little bit because it's interesting to see the Dragon Quest stuff. You know, there's a point where you pull the a bat from the street and it turns into like a super energy bat and then you become a, a hero class character and everything becomes like a little more JRPG and the music starts sliding more in that direction. And that stuff is like neat. Um, but I, I don't know that it's, I'm glad it's going there. It's very interesting to see a game that is like, here is a puritanical po- uh, political committee that is trying to like hurt the people in the margins. Um, but I don't necessarily know that it has the, it has like the depth to tackle those things in a way that's anything but kind of tossed on. Also, just like not as cool. Like that's really what it comes down to. No one is cool is as cool as Majima in Yakuza Zero. No one has like any of those like big splashy 
you know, uh, badass moments. You you do the like, Yakuza raid early on where you go to a, one of your, I guess you do two of them, to you go to like the local Yakuza clan house and none of that is like that exciting turn it up to 11 as doors get kicked down and you have big fights. And like that's what I'm coming to Yakuza for. I want that stuff to feel really, really exciting and cinematic. Um, so we'll see. Maybe having talked about this, I just won't touch it again. I'll have the podcasting curse of I've said I've spoken for eight minutes and so now I never have to touch this thing again. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. It seems it's there's I'm curious about the other characters. <laughs> I'm curious about the meta plot. You know, the the basic premise of just like you're in a town where there's the mafia, they're sorry, the Yakuza, the Chinese mafia and the Korean gang all kind of in a cold war is like a neat premise and setting. So I might stick with it a little bit this weekend. But, you know, with other stuff coming out soon, it's hard to think I'm going to put the 50 or 60 hours into this. I was going to say, especially because Dude. it's not it's not as though it's a, you know, a right. quick jaunt. Those games are always. Like well, and this huge, is so it's like uh, t- uh, how long to beat makes it look like this is even longer than the average Yakuza game. Oh my God. So it's like, <laughs> dude, I don't Which know. Which is what put me off. Like uh, when I played, you know, Yakuza Zero, yeah. you know, like two years ago, I was like, man, this is this rules. It does. And then rule. I, you should I, finish I, Zero. And, and I'm not I'm not arguing that it was just I think I, I yeah. like. I looked at the how long to beat and it was like 60 hours or whatever. And I was playing like Gravity Rush 2 at the time. And I was like, all right, I just gonna have to pick one or yeah. the other. And God, you know, what game rules Gravity Rush 2. That game's great. It goes on too long. The last third it is does. not great, but man, that first two the thirds. The first two thirds is, is fantastic. You no, know, you know the good on a PS5 oh, is Boot that shit up. 3. Tell me how that looks. 8K, 120 frames a second, Gravity Rush 2. Let's go. <laughs> Also, I just watched the launch trailer for Godfall, and that game looks pretty good, actually. I kind of Hell play yeah. It, <laughs> it looks go. like it just took, like, the God of War combat, and it's an actual 4K as opposed to the God of War on PS5 that I that I played. That's and, so funny. Uh, That's so funny. It looks all right. God. Kato, you and I will play Godfall. Yeah, great. I'm going to play Godfall. I'm, I'm down. Let's go. Let's start a clan. Mm, all I want right. to say is right now is that five minutes ago, Wesley Snipes just tweeted. I was going to. I saw that wait, retweet. Wait, I was wait, like, what happened? It's so good. <laughs> Just I need look to at tell me about tweet. Wesley Snipes. Just, just look, look, look in the, the chat, my friend. Oh, Five my minutes God. ago, Wesley Snipes. <laughs> I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. Lane knows what's up. Just take that. Nigga, just, just take, take this L. L, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need it. We need it. I love little punk Cowboys fan, uh, Notre Dame Steve, uh, saying, you know your taxes will go up. Can you afford another episode? Snipes. He was my tax bracket, chump. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's in the mentions. He's That's in the great. mentions. I love it. I love the energy. Social media he can get is these hands It has destroyed free. the world. But <laughs> Wesley Snipes is in the mentions. He's so, in the mentions. you know, you know, he's in the mentions. I love it. He's in the his mentions. DMs a lot. appear to be. His DMs appear to be open. You do not want the DM him right now. We got to someone DM him. Someone DM him. What am I gonna say? Keep it up. I'm like, gonna say why? Why? Why won't he take the L? Why won't he take the L? <laughs> DM. DM. Wet president. Oh, DM'd. Has that that Come back on Monday to see if Wesley Snipes oh, responds to my, Why won't he take the L? Why won't please. he take the L? We know why. Tell me, Wesley. Uh, All right. I think that's gonna uh, do it for us. We'll be back on Monday. For more, uh-huh. yeah, you think we'll have a present? You think we'll know the results? I'm of verified on Twitter. That means he got a push notification. He got a push. This. <laughs> Social media wow, is an ill. Wow, is an ill. Patrick no, Klepik. but I'm just saying we live in a world where <laughs> we're blue We live in a society. Right. Patrick was verified. Now he's a blue check. There's. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
it's the it's the to know that his phone buzzed like you did you you whatever he he will he will ignore that promptly but his phone buzzed that's just so funny (laughs) it's the uh the the now retired and rightfully so chris rock niggas versus black people bit except it's it's blue checks versus verified accounts (laughs) (laughs) blue checks be shopping blue checks let me tell you about some blue checks all right that's going to do it for us. As always, you can find us on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash waypoint. You follow me at twitter.com slash Austin underscore Walker. Uh, Kato, how about you? At a underscore Kato underscore appears. I was going to make some Patrick. Destiny joke because shit's go- popping off, but it's... Oh, is this Destiny shit popping off? Hell yeah. It's ARG day. There's an ARG happening. Mm, I see. I see. I see. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? You know what? No. It's ARG day. It's ARG it's day. Arg day. Arr. Arr. Oh, it's a, yeah, pirate, you know, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> oh, Rob wasn't doing a bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love Gita. Rob. Where, where are you? Where can people find you, Gita? You can find me at XOXO Gossip Gita. Uh, Patrick, did I already ask you? I, should, I don't I, feel you like can I did. find me at Patrick Klovak waiting to see if I see a little dot 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 waiting. Or just a, oh, I need. I need the, the the read receipt. That's all I need. Can that can that mark go from Please. gray to blue? And I know that Wesley Snipes or his social media person God. probably not. Wesley seems like he's doing his own social media. He is. He really does seem like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you see that? Um, uh, uh, Will Smith started his own lo-fi hip hop YouTube channel. It had like eleven thousand people following. I just I have one that I load up when I write. This is my default one. But yeah. I'm thinking about switching to Will's. Is it? Does it? Oh, I see. I see okay. I see a playlist. That he has, or like a video. I don't see this as a. Is this a channel? Does he just? Oh, is it not? Maybe I think it it's just an hour. I like eleven. I hmm, maybe it started as a stream. A really, really good one, but then made the mistake of checking out the link to their Discogs.com listings, and they're like this oh. Japanese person that has all these rare records, and I was like, I can't. Huh. I can't become the person who starts ordering records from Japan. And here's the channel. It's so good. It's all city pop, send funk, it. soul. Ooh, send that through. Send that it's through. So I need this. I okay. need this in my life. Oh, I especially because okay, they took I can, the Pepsi Lo-Fi channel off the air. So I know. <laughs> Where is it, Rob? God damn it. Bring back yeah. Pepsi Lo-Fi. Oh, Absolutely God. do not look at this person, Discogs.com listings, because they have so many records for sale and they all look so amazing. But you have to pay <laughs> shipping from Japan. Yeah, which is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Um, God. All right. That's gonna... I confuse I confused the eleven million views with eleven thousand people. Ah, so I guess it's I just see. it's just an out. It's just a it's fine. That's fine. That's not as fun. That's not as fun. No, it's, it's not, not as fun. I liked your version better. Yeah. Uh, for people who who missed it, the most important musical thing of the year was definitely the Pepsi, the bad Pepsi uh, <clears throat> lo-fi uh, stream that happened. Beats to sip to. Beats to sip to. Beats to sip to. Is that what it was actually called? Yes. Yeah, it literally was. Uh-huh. Drink a red can. That's a no-no. Drink a blue can. That's a promo. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh, that's also the Democrat. Uh, yeah, I was about to strategy. say. <laughs> Drink a red can. That's a no no. Uh, Rob, where can people find you? At Rob Zachney. Red can is the new red pill. Oh my God. Fuck off. <laughs> Jesus, God. <laughs> fuck off. Bye. That's it. <laughs> Isn't he grabbing the eject Go handle, to- but like slamming my head against the canopy like Goose and Top Gun? <laughs> <laughs> um, as always, you can follow everything we do, twitter.com slash waypoint, waypoint.vice.com. There's a billion things up from the launch, and there will be by the time this goes up. Gita has a Miles review. Uh, what else? Patrick has a Bug Snacks. 
and Bug uh, Snacks and the PS5. Yeah, there'll be a review of Bug Snacks, Astro's Playroom, and the sort of like PS5 as a as a whole. As a whole, uh, Rob ha- already has the Xbox uh, review up now. Um, is there anything else to plug? Are we good? <sighs> All I right. Good. Well, uh, let me. Can I do like a real? Can I do like a plug? Plug. Well, I'm going to do a real plug. I, I don't think it's yeah. been announced yet, but it's supposed to happen in two days. So I'm guessing that announcement should be any second now. Uh, I'm doing a. I'm. I'm. I'm going to become a professional dungeon master. I know I'm kind of already that. <laughs> Wait, but I was going to say. Well, <laughs> yeah, but this, Austin, this is not an announcement. This is an announcement. <laughs> Friends at the table. Uh, no, uh, some folks at Bioware reached out to me uh, like a a month ago, I guess, to be like, "Yo." What if you ran a Blades in the Dark hack that we built internally because we love Blades in the Dark called Omni Blades in the Dark, which is a cute name <laughs> ah. um, uh, for us for N7 Day. And so I did that with two incredible developers uh, from from Bioware as players uh, uh, in, uh, along with uh, both Jen Hale and Mark Mir, the voices of Commander Shepard. And Ali Akampora, the producer of Friends at the Table. Oh, wow. um, so that was a fun, weird thing to do to run a tabletop <laughs> Mass Effect game uh, for the Shepherds plus two Bioware devs plus a friend of mine. Um, it was a blast. We had a good time. That'll be up, I think, on the 7th. I want to say at like 3 p.m. Uh, on Twitch somewhere. I'll post about it on online so you can just go there to check it out. Uh, unfortunately, this means that uh, I have been, you know, spoiled by big Bioware money. You can't ever trust me again as a critic, um, but I felt like it was worth it. You know, I felt like that's probably... Pre- so you, you like, you, yeah. You, uh, it's my you sellout moment. You Andromeda earlier in the stream. I mean, so it's, it's, it's the last wow, version you right. deliver. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I did mention that. Andromeda you game, it. I think... You seeded it. Throw people off the scent. See, I think <laughs> it's pretty bad. Um, the but yeah, they're not going to make another Mass Effect you, ever again anyways. They didn't anyways. you enough, like... I feel like my number to stop being a little bitch is like always a lot higher than what I'm getting offered, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, there's a degree to which it's like, this is a one-time thing. And so mm-hmm. that number, that number's like good, but it ain't, I don't, yeah. you know, I still got bills. <laughs> um, <laughs> in fact, they did just that announce like it, so. Become an anthem promoter money. Right, that is not that. That is that is. I looked at that mm. anthem blog and was like, uh, I don't know if this is going to do it for me. Like people link me to that anthem. Their anthem is getting updated. Oh, gee, is there an update? There is an update to like the way they're doing gear and builds. Basically, the menus look nice, but I was mm. like, I don't think this is the thing that's going to bring me back to anthem. I need more game. I need more like to do that's interesting in that game. Yeah. So you know who I've heard loves gear though? Who's uh, that? Kato. Um, oh fucking! Uh, you know I would rather play Anthem than fucking Godfall. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> that game at least bada felt bing, good. Bada boom! Just churn these out at the end of the year. Boom, Jesus boom, boom. fucking That's Christ! It. The loot report. Yeah, I can't uh-huh. do that and also play Destiny. <laughs> The loot report. That's Alcada's new Substack. He'll be leaving us to just yeah. join into a <laughs> Substack uh, about Christ. shoot looters. Finally, God. no one to censor. Never Kato. in my fucking life. Look, <laughs> 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 oh, intelligence God. is distributed just like drop rates. It's not random. Just uh, look it up. Wow. Oh no. God. <laughs> this is miserable. We're ending this podcast. Oh As God, always, no. thank you, everybody. <laughs> Good luck. We'll see you all Monday. We hope the weekend goes well for everyone. By the time you hear this, you know, who even knows what the world is like? Uh, we'll be back on Monday. Until then, and, and onward forever. Fuck capitalism. Go home.
Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. The soul's bias comes out in our transition. (laughs) Do you see that photo mode? No. Character creator? Here, let me. uh, It looks pretty pretty great. Uh, Oh, is this what Dia was already dunking on? Was she? Of course. Yeah, she she was so excited to get this game. Hi, Ella. 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 Hi. Ella, speak. Hi. I need the takes. <laughs> oh, whoops! I did it to the wrong page. Right there, though. That's all right. It's just, it's is it page one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Patrick, okay. this is hentai. No, <laughs> damn! God damn it, Gene! It's funny as we did that as we did that podcast. I got an email from like a Washington Post PR person that's like, oh, Gene Parks has thoughts on the Xbox Series S. That's <laughs> <laughs> Wow, this is wild looking. This is wild looking. Yeah, it looks nice. I mean, I, you know, I think yeah. people are gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. have capital T thoughts, but uh, it's the that, first time you can make an attractive person in <laughs> darker in a Souls game. <laughs> oh, well, that, but I think that swings in both directions. Where it's like uh-huh. you, you'll be able to make the hottest person possible in a Souls game, and also the most uh, beautiful, tremendous monsters. Uh, as oh well. yeah, I hope so. Um, I just looked at that photo, the, the the depth of field shot from the photo mode, and I was like, man, like uh-huh. that that's where the HDR is gonna fucking sing is yeah. that that blaring sun. Yeah. Teeth. Man, I could go for an egg and cheese now. Fuck. Teeth. You should just make uh, Robert Ashley's meal. Teeth. <laughs> I don't like that, Kata. Teeth. No, oh, I reject teeth. this. Teeth. Oh, God, teeth. this. Look at three. Teeth, teeth, oh my teeth, God, teeth. three. Three is the right answer for this world. Three, get braces, please. No, you don't want. You do not want the braces of the Dark Souls world. That's true. Three's wood. That's wood. That's I- braces. <laughs> <laughs> Warframe looks good on PS Five. Oh, should I? Make, yeah, maybe like, I'll get into for, that the game. for the third time. For the third time, should yeah. I download it and say I'm going to play it, and yeah. not touch it? <laughs> this is the one. <laughs> Just eat my bandwidth cap over a useless. Patrick, game. you and me should get into Warframe. Let's be Hell Warframe yeah, guys. let's go Warpod. <laughs> Warpod. Warpod. Where we just talk about not playing Warframe, but <laughs> think about playing Warframe. <laughs> I do. I hover my mouse over it occasionally, mm-hmm. and then I'm just like. Then I'm reminded what everyone said, which is that it takes about 40 to 50 hours to get to the good stuff. And Yeah, I don't uh, have that fucking time. It's <laughs> one of those games where the Warframe evangelists make it less likely that I'll actually play it because yeah. everything they say, like my eyebrows just continue to recede like further toward my hairline where I'm like, yeah, pretty much. Uh-huh. Oh, that's that's very interesting. Wow. Your whole life, huh? <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Forever, ever. This is it. Okay. 
Godspeed Warframe enthusiast. How do this teeth screen cap? Teeth. frightening. Don't teeth. like it at all. Don't like it. Teeth. When will video game teeth technology reflect the teeth of reality? That's my big question. That's next well, gen to me. I mean, this reflects you can get shark reality. teeth. Look at the forest shark teeth. That's peak. Well, that- that's peak teeth right there. But video game teeth always look so scaly. <laughs> like they look like they don't. They aren't actually in the mouth. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, as, as Assassin's Creed Unity memorably reminded us, those teeth are just floating in there. Yeah, they're just hanging out. Sometimes your face could just melt off, and your teeth and tongue, and that's it. Don't like it. I don't like it. I have coffee now. Okay. Did, was Ella a good podcaster? Did she do a good job for me? Um, I think she she was a little shy. She could have spoken oh. up a little more. Yeah. Um, she didn't have she's a, so angry. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't see the other cat in the window. These people are too attractive to exist in Dark Souls. That's what we're saying. That's yeah. No, that's yes. I agree. I feel like you should you should whatever the, you make. Then it, so some sort of like lever the game pulls and it's like no 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 sorry just like, <laughs> it's just like the first on. five minutes of the game is some, <laughs> just some some you know some evil wizard coming in and be like sorry this is no they they don't exist here have you seen this place we don't have hairdressers. <laughs> uh.